3: All right, perspective, the Phillies scored four less points slash runs than the Eagles did on Sunday. Yep. Four or less. A 10 spot. How you like me now? Welcome in, everybody. Hump Day! Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you. Derek, I'm going to give you a countdown. 30 hours and four minutes. 30 hours and four mm-hmm. minutes until game three of the NLCS. And the Phillies, if they win, could take a commanding Three games to nothing lead after that win last night. What's up, D-Gun?
4: My man, that must have been a long, quiet ride home for the Diamondbacks last night because the team that was smoking the Brewers and the Dodgers came in here, got outscored 15-3. to They only had one home run after bombing away against their previous oh, two opponents. Man, they couldn't, they couldn't hit the ocean last night. You know, you're talking about seeing red. You know, we talk about the hunt for red October here. They were seeing red last night because their eyes were red, crying all the way back to Arizona because the, the vicious
3: rattlebacks were defanged. <laughs> defanged. Fanged. I like that. I like that. Yes, what's up, everybody? What's up, Crowley, Daz, Jim G, M. Reyes, Tina, Fitness Rebel. I know Uh-oh. Fitness Rebel's Fitness all over back this building I love it. Our guy, Dynasty, Sween Bull. Uh, it's Joho. Uh, South Jersey D. If I missed anybody, keep it rolling, man. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get each and every one of you guys. I hope you're doing great out there. It's a, it's a fun time. Mood swing, Bella. What's up, girl? Uh, back in the hazy. good to have you back D gun. Tone did a great job, uh, sitting in the helm I yesterday. I appreciate Always you. appreciate tone, uh, and, and hopping in, but yeah, I mean, Derek, that was, um, that was a beatdown. That was a non-competitive <laughs> smash job uh and and uh oh, mr taz i got you man give me a hug mr taz i got you i got you man bar hey, i see minute. you guys uh always
4: missing me Rob. i'm
3: not missing you the no, Mandalorian. yo what's up vandalorian uh i see you guys i see you. raptor strike uh playoff nola is correct raptor strike Uh man, I, like, I like that raptor strike i like that that's a cool that's a cool uh
5: you like that you, like that. you
3: like that um all right, give me give me your impressions, Derek, because you know, a lot of these games, even though the Phillies are winning a ton of playoff games, only lost one time. Yes. There's been a lot of sweat kind of games, a lot of, oh, all right, how did I get through this thing? Not last night. It was close for a minute, and then the Phillies just trucked them after
4: that. This team is is in a zone. They are in a playoff zone. They are clearly on a mission. Uh the big boppers. You know, Schwarber waits until the NLCS again, like he did last year, to assert his prowess. You know, home runs and back-to-back games. Everybody else is following suit. Alex Bones playing third base like Brooks Robinson and oh Mike. Oh my Schmidt. God! You know, um, you know, Trey Turner's got to be in seventh heaven with this team right now. The pitching, you know, from from Wheeler to Nola. You know, the bullpen. The yeah. bullpen alone. What? Where's that stat I put together on the bullpen? I, dang it!
3: Uh, <laughs> you had a great stat. Okay, uh, where is it? That was for starting pitch. Okay, oh. I got this. Is a D gun stat. Let me give you, I'll give you props. Philly okay. starters six and oh with a 155 ERA, 51 strikeouts to four walks. That is, I, I've never heard something like that. That's out of this universe, like that's not even fathomable, like, like those kind of numbers. What's up, Chuck? I see you. Um, John, look,
4: fitness rebel. See, fitness rebel, you're not listening. I didn't say you were going to antagonize. <laughs> I said, Tina's back to antagonize. See, you know what I'm saying? It's, how many times I got to say this? Like the movie White Men Can't Jump, when, when Wesley Snipes looked at Woody Harrelson and said, look, you hear, you hear Jimmy, but you ain't listening to Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, I love, I love Jimmy? Fitness Rebel getting on you, man. She's the best. It's, What's up day, the beast?
4: It's, like, it's like one of my younger sisters always poking me, always poking me. I like you know, it. Like, keep, keep it going, hear, Fitness hear, Rebel. You hear, you know, keep it going. Yes. You hear D-Gun. you on your toes, D-Gun. Come on, man. Yes. You
3: hear D-Gun, but you're not listening to D-Gun. I'm just telling you. You got to listen. Uh, all right. um, no, but, the- no, but you're right. Like, here's the thing. We're going we're gonna to look at the home runs and all the runs they're putting up. The pitching has been spectacular. Like, uh, across the board, starters, bullpen, just straight domination, the, the pitching so far.
4: Woo. Here's another step for you, Rob. Yes.
3: Four relievers
4: combined last night. Four innings. Yep. One hit. No walk, uh, no, no earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts.
6: Damn.
4: Wow. Four That's relievers crazy. combined. You're talking about money. Everybody, crazy. you can't write a more perfect script for what this team is
3: doing right now. I like, yeah. I agree with you, man. It it has been a complete team effort here to dominate the way that they have. You know, think about it, Derek. They, they knocked off a Braves team. Let, let's walk through the whole thing so far. You know, Marlins, for whatever they are, always seem to have the Phillies' number or give them a hard time. Yeah. And, and, you, and you knock them off in two games. And then you take the Braves out in four. A Braves team that 104 games that set every offensive record on, on known to man. On the the- yes. Knocked them out in four. This Diamondbacks team came in scorching. They beat the Brewers both games in Milwaukee. They, they win two games in L.A. and sweep out the Dodgers. They hadn't lost a game coming into this. Nope. And you've beaten them now two straight. Like, the Phillies are playing unbelievable baseball so far. They really are. Um,
4: Aaron Nola, his last, what, four, five starts? Yeah. Has been straight cash. As Randy Moss would say, straight cash, homie. 144
3: ERA last five starts. 144.
4: You know, we kept talking about how his financial gain is going this way. I guarantee you. He's a rocket man right now, Gunnery. There are a whole yeah. lot of GMs sitting on couches right now taking notes. of <laughs> Aaron Nola.
3: They're like, tick, 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 "Yep." Oh, his agent. His agent is just doing backflips as we speak right now. I mean, when, when you when
4: you think about the money that the Phillies have doled out to put this team together, I'm talking about position players as well as pitching. Yeah. Do you think they can honestly
3: afford Aaron Nola after this season? It's a good question. Uh, you know, some of this uh, maybe. Look, if you end up winning the world, if big if, if you end up winning the World Series, there is going to be such a a windfall off of that run, Derek. Where you got in last year, they got to the World Series too. Yep. I don't know if if management looks at that and says, "Man, we made X amount, we could we could figure it out." I don't know. I, I mean, I it's a really good question. It really is. It's uh, he because he's now going to get in the thirty million dollar range. Like that, that's where he's vaulted himself into that. You know
4: we're uh, yeah. looking at this Phillies payroll. This is
3: like, yeah, this is like a Yankees type payroll. That's what it is. It is that. Yeah, I was just going to use the same analogy. It is like it's Yankees esque. You know what? The, and the crazy thing is too, yeah, almost every guy that they're paying the buku bucks to is crushing it right now. If you think about it, Harper, right. Turner, Yep, Schwarber, Castellanos, uh, Real Muto, uh, Wheeler. Nola, you know, all, all of the big boys that they spent on, almost every one of them to a man is delivering for them. You know, here's the thing
4: I, I love about this Phillies team it doesn't make a, ma- a difference how much they're up by. It. They don't quit. No. Prime example Castellanos tries to stretch that double into a triple, gets thrown out at third. You know, you're up 10 0. You don't need another run. Right. You know, the Diamondbacks quit, but right. that's how they play the game. Aggressive. He's hustling head first into third. Now, granted, Oh my goodness! We oh, Cave, them.
3: you're talking about J.K. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's cave. I'm that sorry. was not a thing of beauty. That slide, man. I know, but, but I'm thinking they don't quit. I agree with you. They, they don't quit. They got one gear, and it's great. They have one gear. This great. and you know they, they're a combination, and this is this is the, the 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 this is where the gear that I hope the Eagles get into. They're not there yeah. yet, but the Phillies are in that gear of they're really good and they're on a mission because they got so close last year they could taste it. Yes. Yeah, like that's where they're at, and that's the fever pitch that you want the Eagles at. Talented team, but also mission because you lost with you know three points in the in the Super Bowl. Like that's that's where they got to get. They're not the Eagles aren't there yet. The Phillies right now are hitting it at the right time.
4: Well, see, see, it, 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 I agree with you, but there's two different scenarios, yeah. and that's why I keep saying we got spoiled by that Eagles team last year. True, they were so so such a complete team. And they play such an inferior schedule that they just steamrolled everybody. look at the play, look at the playoff games. Who are they playing in the playoffs? The Giants. Right. And a depleted 49ers team. Right. Okay. They steam this year. We knew it's going to be road. The road was difficult. And to be honest with you, and I've said it a couple of times, this team, in, in a number of ways, the Eagles, lucky to be five and zero before they met the Jets. Right. When you think about how they got to the finish line against Minnesota you know, and, 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 games like that. But the bottom line is they found a way to get there. Sure. All of a sudden the perfect storm went against them. And now we're sitting here. Oh my goodness. Get rid of this one. Get rid of it. Hey, look, look, it happens. And now on top of that, you were relatively unscathed injury wise last year yeah. with an easier schedule, man, you like every, everybody's sidestepping landmines on this Eagles team. Now it, it how many, we saw this, after they went to the Super Bowl in 04. We yep. saw this after they went to the Super Bowl in
3: 17. Yeah.
4: It's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah, it's like
3: one of those things you can't explain on a spreadsheet. No. But it just happens. No, Weird stuff happens. happens that next year. No. It just
4: is what it is. And now they're using rubber bands, super glue, gorilla glue, trying to keep this defense together yeah. and keep this team upright and breathing. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah. You know, and and now. Unfortunately, it's happening right as they
3: hit the meat of their schedule. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're right, and it's it's one of those things. And we'll we'll get into Julio Jones, by the way. Uh, got a little friend coming back today. Oh yes, Barrett oh. Brooks will be joining us, people. Yes, uh, B Brooks uh, will be hopping on for the for the final segment of the program at one thirty. So you want to lock that in. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo is going to join us at eleven thirty. Gunner Anthony did the double dip last night. He did the flyer game, and then he walked across the street to Citizens Bank Park last night. It apparently was a madhouse down there With the soccer friendly. Was there at the link? I Dude, mean, let me, you, let me tell you, no, thank you, no. How, thank many, you.
4: how many times did you and I have to navigate through awesome. three different events in that in that Bermuda Triangle there? Uh, I remember, remember the one time the great, the
3: grateful dead concert. Uh, that was the craziest thing I ever, I, I have ever said Eagles dude. tailgates paled in comparison to what the dead shows used to look like when they would play either at the, the Wells, Wells Fargo, Fargo and, or dude. wherever else they would be playing. It was insane. <laughs> <Dude, I> <laughs> it looked remember, like Woodstock times dude, a thousand. I,
4: I can remember, I can remember walking outside in the parking lot and it's still an evening, like seven o'clock sun's still up, you know, and just see a haze of smoke all across the uh-huh. Wells Fargo parking lot. And dudes like, hey, dude, what's up, man? I'm like, Yeah. Okay, man. This is straight out of one of these uh, fast time at Ridgemont High type movies, man. And
3: like nobody was angry. They were just like, hey man. Yeah. <laughs> like, all <"Hey>, right, dude. <laughs> and you yeah, would walk, yeah, you're You would walk out and you're like, you're trying to, you're trying to sift through the the smoke to see where your car is. You're like, uh, I think you know I parked
4: there. My biggest concern was. By the time you got in your car, you smell like marijuana. I know. And if I'm driving down the highway and I got stopped on a humbug, um, uh, Mr. Gunn, were you smoking? No, I was not. Get out of the car, yeah, right, 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 the right.
3: exactly. I'm telling you, I wasn't smoking. <laughs> I know, contact high, yeah, uh, man. but no, it was, yeah, those days were wild for sure. But yeah, we'll talk to Anthony about that. But excited to have, have Barrett on a little bit. Skinny Barrett, 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 we, we've got to talk to him yes. about the uh, the weight loss, he looks great, yes.
7: man, so- yeah,
3: man. Uh, we'll talk to him for sure. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a wild night. Let me give you this one, too, Derek, real quick, before we, we dive in everything else we're going to do today. So, apparently, uh, James Harden has not been with the Sixers since Sunday. Oh. And Ooh. he was a no-show at practice today. And the Sixers don't know of his whereabouts. Wait, wait. They don't know where he is? Well, they 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 know he's not there. Let me put it to you that way. I know what I'm
4: saying. If he's not – so, he's, we're assuming he's in college – Hey man, maybe he went to one of those
3: dispensaries, man, and got lost. I don't know Who where went? he is, but but here's the thing: you knew this was not going to be this smooth. Hey, I'm just I'll play, and I you know we'll see what happens. And you knew he was going to do something. We're getting too close to the regular season for him to, to not pull something. So you're telling me he showed up? He showed up for a uh, for a little bit. He was, yeah. And all of a sudden he's disappeared. They don't know where he is. Yes, he's not. Well, I don't. I, I shouldn't say they don't know where he is. I mean, he might, they might know where he is, but he's unexcused from practice apparently. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out right now. All right. So yeah. So that's uh that was only a matter of time. That's from the just waiting for this to happen category uh, when it came to James Harden. So he is not at practice, um, and he was not going to cooperate. <laughs> He was not going to be a good soldier, and we knew that was coming. Anyway, so uh, yeah, throw that into the mix of everything else, and and Tina's right. I saw Tina say this, and and I I tweeted what? this out last night. So the Flyers game started at six, Derek. The Eagles, the, the Phillies didn't start till eight. So I, I watched the beginning of the Flyers game last night. Yes. Sean Couturier had an insanely sick penalty dude. shot. Did you see that? Yes, dude. Oh. Seriously. I mean, he, he turns his back to the goal. I've never seen anybody do that. He turned his back to the goalie, spins around and, and finishes. And I'm like, what the heck just happened?
4: Well, I saw, I saw two people do that and they both play for the Penguins. I saw Mario Lemieux in his prime to do something like that. And Yarmir Yager, when he was 18, 19 years old, and they just had just brought him up to the Penguins. I saw him do some incredible stuff like that, but you're right. I, I don't even remember seeing Gretzky do something like that. But, but I saw uh, I do saw those two do something similar. But you're
3: right, their penalty shot last night. You're sitting there going, Oh my goodness, are you oh, kidding? Oh, I'll you tell kidding? you what, man. Anytime you're mentioning the same breath as Yager and, and Lemieux, that's uh, that's good company. But yeah,
4: and, and guess who the coach of the Canucks is? Our old friend Rick Tockett. Rick
3: Tockett, my guy. I love Rick Tockett. Hey,
4: yeah, yeah, he I, laid, From what I heard, he laid into this team like, No, wait. We're only three games into the season. It's old won.
3: school, gutter. He's old school, uh, man.
4: They had just swept the first two games of a back-and-back back against yeah. Edmonton, I believe it was. He but laid
3: into him the third game of the season. You know he wanted his team to give max effort against the Flyers, his old team. I like, you know what? that pissed him off in a big way. And talking is not afraid to get after guys, I will tell you that. Uh, no, he is, no. He's not afraid of that. He's like a um, tortuella, you know? It's either yeah. my way or the highway. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and Morgan Frost healthy scratch he, he, because Tordarella wasn't happy with the way he was playing. So listen, you got they were two guys on opposing benches who who don't play. I will just tell you that they they don't play around. Um, mm. That's for sure. But good job out of the Flyers; they get a win. Um, yeah, but back to the Phils here. We we haven't even really touched on the home run. So Schwarber last night with his two home runs, Gunner, eighteen in the postseason. He's now tied with the great Reggie Jackson. For the most home runs in the postseason by a left-handed hitter, that's ridiculous. I mean, Reggie Jackson—we're talking about now. It's ridiculous. You know, you know, we've gotten to the point
4: with Schwarber where as soon as it and we're and I'm talking about watching it on TV. As soon as it leaves the bat, when you hear it hit the bat, you think gone, gone. You can tell. You can tell by the crack of the bat, gone. I mean, what does dude is smoking pitches
3: nowadays, dude? It's 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 insane. It really is. It's such a tone setter too. Like that's the other thing I love is like even I know he didn't do it do it in his first at bat last night, but when he hits one, it, it, the place is just in, it, it becomes a, a loony bin. It's great, and if they all feed off of it, and Turner's been on, Turner's hitting five hundred in the postseason. It's
4: is is uh, it's unexplainable. You can't unexplainable. You can't explain. It. You can now. You've watched Phillies baseball a long time. You've been here a long time. People don't even sit down now. They get in the no. stadium. They don't even sit down. Have you ever seen anything like
3: last year and this year in terms of fan standing the entire game? No, I honestly I haven't. I I mean Derek, I I was thinking back to to the runs that I I was a kid in '80 and I was there, but I was a little kid. I really remember '93 well. I really remember we all do. 07 to to eleven. And it was not to say it wasn't loud and crazy. It was. This is different. I'm, I'm just telling you. It's it's a, it, and if this isn't recency bias. It's at a different level now. That the fans have taken it upon themselves to all. It's almost like a soccer or foot like like a like a soccer match over in Europe where they're just loud the every second right. or or an Eagles game. You know it, it. That I think it was Schwarber last night compared it to an Eagles game. He's like, this is like an Eagles game now. It, it, you know the whole game. It's Man. awesome.
4: Well, they're they're going to need that kind of noise Sunday night with Miami. That track team from Miami coming into town, yeah. They're going to need that because it's you know um, I'm I'm assuming Jalen Carter is going to be back this week. Don't know for sure yet. They're going to need him. They're going to need everybody they can get and then some. You know, we don't know the status of Slay yet and all this stuff. You know, we do know uh Slay had that PRP you know shot last week. Didn't didn't work well enough. Yeah. I, I would imagine they held him out of that jet ski. I would imagine certain players that were held out of that Jets game were held out because the team had to be thinking, granted, they don't overlook anybody, but thinking in terms of personnel, yep. we got this. That, we got this. Yeah, We got a more important game coming up. We need all hands on
3: deck next Sunday night. Agreed. I think that was a piece of it. Uh, Chuck, you know, Chuck says that in 77 in the LCS, they, they screamed bird Hooten off the mound. They did. And, and, Chuck, I'm not taking anything away from previous uh, eras. The, the, the fans true. have always been rabid. Uh, I'm just saying I think this is just a little bit of a desk, a couple decibels a little bit higher. That's all. Um, no doubt. But yeah, I mean, that's gonna be the big thing, Derek. When you're dealing with these 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 cheetahs, if you will, that's what that's what Tyreek Hill is, but there's a lot of cheetahs on that team. When you're dealing with these guys who are Usain Bolt track speed kind of dudes, and that's exactly what Miami wants to get you into is a track yep. meet. You you yep. need to have everybody at your disposal. And I don't know right now. I mean, I and even if if Slay's ready to go. At what capacity is he? And Jalen Carter, same thing. I
4: expect to see the Eagles DBs playing twelve to fifteen yards off the ball. We always talk about them playing seven to ten. Yeah, I'm playing like I'm playing Tyreek Hill like I'm back on punt return team. Yeah, I have guys at City Hall lined up trying to Dude,
3: <laughs> so, so far I'm, back. I'm yeah. not trying to be on Tyreek Hill's highlight reel. No, me too. Twenty three. Yeah, I'm tell, it's going to look like uh, the end of the game when somebody's attempting a Hail Mary and you have dudes just like 30 yards off. It, it's going to be scary. I, I think what you have to do, we'll get into this later, but I think you got to try to, as much as you can, follow Buffalo's blueprint. Somehow they held them to 20 points. Yeah, they did. And they so, scored 48 on them. Exactly. I mean, that's where it's all about. I, you. It, but what, any but other was, Every other team has failed miserably trying to stop these guys. What,
4: was that a fluke night? Did Buffalo just catch the perfect storm that night? Maybe was that a, was that a wake up call for Miami because they came back with a vengeance
3: after that. That's a great point because look, every team has had one of those duds. Yes. You know, Eagles had it last week. Uh, San Fran had it last week. Nobody's see, without a loss right now.
4: See, see, Crowley Crowley X two twenty six said, "Who's guarding Tyreek Hill?" Let's see. I'm putting three DBs on him, an assistant coach, a concessionaire, a grounds crew member. And you uh, still ain't stopping. That man's got over 800 yards in six games. You yeah. still not. The only thing that can stop Tyreek Hill is a turf monster. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
7: If
4: he gets a turf toe or something like that,
3: you are not stopping Tyreek Hill. I, a way to listen, get him man. Ball. No, nobody's arguing. I'm not arguing that. I mean, I we'll, actually I'll give it to you right now, Derek. So he's on pace right now, Tyreek Hill, for 2,306 yards. Yeah. Yes. which would shatter the NFL record. Calvin Johnson had uh 1964. He's on pace to break it by week 15. So he would do he would do it. So there's no always oh, doing it in 17 games. No, he's on pace to do it in 15 games if this keeps up. So just to tell you what this guy, he's a wrecking ball against any team out my, there.
4: My biggest concern is this. Sean Desai decides to send a blitz and Tua picks it up and hits Tyreek on a slant route over the middle, with very little. You cannot get an angle. You know most DBs, and I mean fast DBs, you can get an angle on a ball carrier to either slow him down until help gets there, or to get to get a tackle on him or an yeah. attempted tackle. You cannot get an angle on Tyreek. I've seen this man running like this. He's the ball carrier. The DBs up here. He kicks the second gear and just goes right by.
3: It, <laughs> well, I mean, look, and, and a bunch of folks are pointing this out in the chat, and I agree. Um, this is this is a game where your pass rush has to be awesome. Like they got to be all, and they're all they have a pretty awesome pass rush period, but it's got to be awesome on Sunday. You know, it, this has got to be the same deal where you're getting five, six sacks, and you're and it's hard because Tua gets the ball out quick, but you have got to get to him. You know, this has got to be a massive Hassan Reddick, and Reddick's on a tear right now. Many, it's got to be how many, sweat.
4: how many times has uh two have been sacked this year? That's the problem.
3: I want to say six. I'll pull it up right now.
4: I believe you are correct. And he's got what 14
3: touchdown passes to three interceptions or something like that? Yeah, who's been sacked six times. He's got 14, his, his ratio is 14 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. Jeez. So it's it's uh, it's easier said than done. I, I understand. But I'm just saying if it can't be done. Yeah, the defensive line doesn't show up, the Eagles are dead. If the if the defensive line comes to play, you have a shot. That's it. I mean, he gets time and he lets these guys get loose, and especially because the Eagles are banged up. Even at the in a healthy scenario, the Eagles are banged up in the secondary. So yes. you're going to have to just hope. I mean, that's really what it comes down to—that they get the pass rush.
4: And, and here's here's a, here's a strange part. We we not just we when I say we, I mean the media in general. We we are in awe, such awe of Miami's. Um, offense which is it looks like it's going to be one of these historic type offenses this year for them you know they're
3: tied for second in the league and qb sacks also yeah no i know that's the thing with them it's they're not just one dimensional oh no, no no and, and and they run the ball extremely well they're they're number one in rushing too you know Good. so right. They're a hard team team to to handle. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We'll talk to Anthony Sanfilippo, who did the double dip. We'll talk to him about going to the Flyers, hopping over to the Phillies. A lot to get to. We got Barrett Brooks later uh, joining us. A lot more on how you defend Miami, what you do, the Julio Jones signing. How much of a role is he going to play? What role will he play? A ton to do today.
4: I, I, I gave B Brooks, great. I said, hi, this is your friend, your former friend, Derwin. He goes, come on, d Gun." He's like, I call you more
3: than you call me. I said, hey, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about right now. Your former oh, yeah. friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back, and Anthony San Filippo will join us. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, family-owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a little kid, and I continue to go there uh, to this day. Uh, the great thing about uh, Bravo Pizza of Havertown is – fresh food daily. All right. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the, you name it, they'll make it specialized pizza your way, but not just pizza, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo pizza of at the Bravo pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call, 610 446 3810. 610 446 3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
0: I remember
8: getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
9: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit
8: field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you, because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
10: Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
11: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
5: Soganow helps kids in under resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now.
3: Welcome back, friends. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Rob Alistair, Gunn, sports take on this wacky, wild, and fun ride of a Wednesday, that's for sure. And my man was in the middle of it last night. He was in the belly of the beast last night. Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad joins us. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Ant nice San Philly. All right, Ant, wait, walk me through this, man. So you, <laughs> you, you had the. The temerity, the guts to do the double dip. Correct. You yeah. didn't do the triple dip. You didn't, Better didn't do man than I am. That's no, true. no football, right? You just did, no. You did it. I didn't. Myers I did Oval not. Phillies.
12: No, I only go to I only go to games that are actually count for something. Uh, ex, <laughs> exhibition games. Exhibition games. And that's it's not a knock on soccer. Exhibition games in general, I avoid.
3: Okay. The only that's ones a-
12: I'll ever go to, I'll go to spring training because it's in Florida.
3: That's, and it's fun. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you can go to the tiki bar and it's fine.
12: Yeah, um, it's a little different.
3: All right. Walk me through this because you, first off, good job out of the Flyers. Took care of business against Vancouver. I want yeah. to start before I get to your trek from one to the other, but Couturier's penalty shot was a thing of beauty, man. That See, was
12: awesome. I, it, it kind of
3: surprised me because
12: he's never been a great penalty shot guy. And he kind of he did a, a, an interesting move where he kind of turned almost like he was skating backwards. It was kind of like a three-quarter skate. And I asked Chris Terrian, my partner on Snow the Goalie, about this. I said, why does does that move work? He said, because it makes the goalie guess where he's going to go. Because he could either shoot it backhanded, or he could do a quick move to the forehand and flip it, which is what he ends up doing. And he says, the goalie doesn't have a lot of time there. It's almost like a penalty shot in soccer, where the goalie has to kind of guess the direction you're going. And if the goalie guesses wrong, you're probably going to score the goal. So – Slick move by a guy who doesn't really usually do that well on a on a breakaway.
3: Yeah, that was pretty sweet. So, all right, now I got I got to hear the. So you get you finish up and you now you're heading over to the Phillies. Tell me how long it took you and just what the scene was because I've heard from a lot of friends they literally got to the Phillies game two hours late and, and yeah. gave themselves plenty of time. It was it, so it brutal. was
12: it, it was the most unbelievable experience I've ever had in that complex as far as getting around. And Gunner, you've been down there for Big Eagles games, oh, right? Yeah. Rob, you've been down yeah. there. I mean, there have been events that have been, two, you know, two events at mm-hmm. the same time or three events in a day. Maybe one in the afternoon and then two at night or something. It's been so. There's been craziness before. Nothing like what I experienced yesterday. I walked out of the of the Wells Fargo Center at ten after seven, thinking I got plenty of time. I just got to walk across the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. It took me until seven fifty nine to actually get to my seat in the press box, Good which Lord. was 49 minutes to walk across the street. And and it was because of su- it was fine in the parking lot at the Wells Fargo Center. It was busy, but I mean, it was fine. Yeah. It was when you got out to Pattinson Avenue. That's where the mess was, was at. There were cars in every direction. Like nobody, it was complete gridlock. It was like that that I don't know that vi- that little video game on your phone where you have to try <laughs> or, and or whatever sl- it, yeah, yeah whatever it's like that yeah. but not only that you have all the people they were just walking in the middle of the street oh. the the fans were just walking everywhere and you could not move and it was just you were just trying to and then of course they have all the um the barriers up right so yeah. you could only cross at the crosswalks so oh, yeah. now you own now you only have small 10 foot wide you know, yeah. entrance points to sidewalks. So now you're trying to funnel thousands of people into this ten foot little spot, and I'm, ca- I'm now, and I'm carrying my my yeah. all my equipment. Laptop, and I have the microphones not, and laptops yeah. and everything else, <laughs> and I'm trying to carry it over. I'm like, this is this is. Cr- I, I was thinking I'm going to stop at my car first because I was parked over in the Phillies lot. Yeah, I'll stop at my car and drop off some of the stuff before I go in. Couldn't do it didn't have time. Wow. There's no way. It was the most unbelievable thing. I never thought it would be like that. I knew it would be busy traffic-wise. I never thought it would be impossible to move on foot, and it was impossible to move. It
4: made you feel like migrating wildebeest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know,
12: you see – you know, you watch, like, I, I don't know if you guys ever watch that TV show, The Amazing Race, right? And yeah. Sometimes they go in, oh, yeah. they go into, like, some some town, um, whether it's in India or somewhere like that, and it's they get to their downtown area where it's hustle and bustle, and there's thousands of people, and they're like, oh, my God, I've never experienced this before. That was what it felt like to me. Like, I, I was totally surprised by the inability to walk yesterday
4: that, that's what was the most amazing thing I, I gotta ask you this because you know i'm listening to you talk about trying to get to your, your your press box seat and i'm equating this to football and here's what happens when it comes to playoff games if you're you're a media person you know you're on the field you're doing pre-game show live shots and stuff like this yeah you get up there late especially because you have such a large out-of-town media national contingent and this is like clockwork in football and i don't know if this you, you find this in baseball but you get up there and you see somebody sitting in your seat, and these slicksters, what they do is they take your name plate and they move it like, it yep. is, and normally it's an ex-player from somewhere that's out of town that does it. That's
7: this. dirty,
3: man. It but is they dirty do it
4: all the time. And then you walk them, you like, uh, "Excuse me." Let's see. They don't even think there's a chart over here that shows you what seat you're sitting in,
3: right? Right. They right. look
4: at you like. Oh, oh it's just, my, my bad. I, I, you know, I didn't know. You see two or three of them lined up doing like this because they didn't have a seat. They have access to get into the box. Now, Not that know. you're bitter.
3: Not that you're bitter at all. That's good.
4: Oh, no. he's like you're rushing to get in place. And you got to deal with these knuckleheads who know doggone well they don't have a seat reserved. If they try to play this game anyway. Wow, yeah,
3: <laughs> it's, it's, a, t- it's, it's the truth, Derek. It's, you hit a nerve, and You hit a nerve with them. You triggered them right <laughs> you there,
12: me, man. It's ridiculous. Well, so it's 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 really crazy because yeah, the Phillies press box is not quite the size of the Eagles press box. It's it's a little bit right. smaller, yeah. right? Um, and so they're really trying to jam in extra people. Now there is auxiliary seating for the media. It's out amongst the crowd. It's down the left field line. And honestly, last year, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but last year I had to sit out there for the world series Mm, and it was fine. Like it was, I actually thought it was, it was more room. It was comfortable, but yeah, there are people who would say, well, we don't want to sit here. We want to go sit in a real press box and they'll move somebody's name tag to try and sit there. And they come in from out of town. They're not from here. It's not, not anybody that's local that would do this. And it's like, what are you thinking? Like, Mm. I mean, we've been here all year covering this team. I've been to 70 games this year, right? <laughs> I mean, you think I'm going to
3: suddenly come in and not have my seat and you're going to be in it? Yeah. Oh. They should get booted, man. I'm telling you. They should be out. Uh, they pull this stuff. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, man, so let's turn our sights to the game. And Derek and I were talking about this. It feels like a, just a perfect combination of you're on a mission because you got so close last year. Yeah. And you are very talented on top of it. And everybody's sort of hitting their stride at the same time. Like it's like a trifecta of a lot of stuff happening. I mean, this is dominance that we're seeing from this team.
12: It, dominance isn't, it, it's, it's historic dominance, Rob. I mean, th- they've outscored their opposition by 33 runs, which is the most in the history of baseball through eight playoff games. They've out homered. Their opposition 19 to four, biggest disparity through eight games in the history of baseball. Their team ERA is like 1.56, I believe, is is what it is. It's, I might be off by just a hair, but that's the second best ERA through eight games in the history of baseball. Yep. And so they're doing it offensively, and they're doing it with pitching. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I know Trey Turner had an error again yesterday. Everybody's going to forget about that at this point. But they're doing it with great defense, too. I mean, the plays yep. that Alec Boehm made at third base oh, yesterday oh my
7: goodness.
12: were unbelievable. Harper made a great play at first base. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and people can forget, it was only three months ago. That he played his first game at first base of his life, eighty-eight days ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's unreal. So like it's it's a little bit of everything that is coming together. It's not just the offense or just the pitching or just the defense. It is a team that, and it, it certainly feels different. It's a team that last year we went on, on a ride with that we didn't know where it was going to, when it was going to end. This year, the it feels like. Oh, you're coming on the ride, but we're going to take you all the way to the finish this time. Yep. That's it. Just feels differently, yep. you know, in, in that regard. Agree.
4: I want to. I, I want to start where it's been extremely impressive. I mean, you, when you say the word impressive, you can hit a number of people, but I think the turnaround, the, the turnaround of Aaron Nola, has been something that will be talked about for years to come. You know, all throughout the season, we are talking about what in the world's wrong with this guy and his potential. Financial gains is like the stock market dropping all of a sudden over his last six starts. I was joking with Rob in the first segment, Anthony, and I said, there's a whole lot of GM sitting at home right now going, how much do you think it'll cost us to get him here? Yeah. I'm telling you what he's done in the last, his last six starts is is unbelievable turnaround.
12: Yeah, and it's funny, I, you know, you, you bring that up, and he's definitely going to get paid this offseason somewhere, yeah. whether it's the Phillies, and I think the Phillies would be wise to be you know, really deep in that mix, um, but somebody's going to give him a lot of money. They're going to give him a five-, six-year deal worth at least $160 million, mm-hmm. if not closer Woo! to $200 million. Um, it actually goes back, believe it or not, Gunnar, and I, I did a story on this today. Um, I, I got to talk to Aaron after his scrum yesterday, just a one-on-one, talking a little bit about – when he first realized that things needed to be fixed, um, and yes, he had an up and down season, but he actually had a decent August. And um, you go back, like the Phillies are eleven and one in his last twelve starts, which goes back to August tenth. Okay, um, and there was one really awful start in there at the very beginning of September in Milwaukee, where he got just lit up by the Brewers. And uh, and he said, you know, that was that was the start where he wanted to kind of real figure out what was wrong. And he's you know he got into like real specifics about, you know, where he's you know, where he's striding towards home plate and and where the ball action is on the glove side or the arm side and how that needed to be corrected. But how about this little, little nugget? For a guy who hated the pitch clock as much as he hates the pitch clock and he was very vocal about it, and, and we knew that he struggled with it for much of the beginning of the season, one tiny little adjustment involving the pitch clock may have turned this around for Aaron. So he needed to stride more towards home plate. In order to do that, rather than when he looks at the pitch clock, look at the one that's on the third base side, because being a right-handed pitcher, that's the one that's right in front of you, right? So rather than look at that one, he would look at the pitch clock on the first base side. So just by the action of of turning his head just that little bit more Hmm. allowed him to get that mechanical stride back towards home plate and then get the action on his his curveball and his changeup and his two-seamer to get back to where it was. And so then it just started to grow from there. It was like, all right, we're going to get some ground balls against Miami and St. Louis. And then all of a sudden you had the start in Atlanta, which was great. And then the, you know, the, the clinch the playoff burst against Pittsburgh. And now the three starts in the, in the playoffs, it's been one very good start after another, after another. And he shows you why he can be a top of the rotation guy for even the next five, six years.
3: And you know what, and here's where I really give him credit to look, he's been around a long time now and He's very willing, you know, to to make those adjustments. Like you just said, that one, the, the, he, the slide step, which he abandoned yeah. years ago. He's yeah. reincorporated that. And guys, even a guy like Corbin Carroll isn't running on him because he gets the ball to the, the plate a lot quicker. Like, that's a real credit to a guy who could have just said, hey, I'm me, man. I'm still going to get a lot of money no matter what. And he's willing to, to change things up.
12: Yeah, I, and that slide step thing has been huge because it's 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 an, that's another thing that, you know, helped. If, if Aaron was struggling earlier in the year with runners on base, not, not, not just them stealing, but hitters were hitting off him out of the stretch. And again, that was a mechanical issue, but by going back to that slide step, it allowed him to actually control that delivery a little bit better out of the stretch. And so once you brought that back into play and he said, it took a little bit of time to kind of relearn it. Cause it's been five years or five and a half years since he had done it. Um, once that he got comfortable doing that again, th- that changed the way hitters are hitting against him out of the stretch as well. And it's it's fascinating to think that, you know, here's a guy who's 30 years old, who's been pitching in Major League Baseball for eight years. And he's still able to tinker with things to, to get even better than he's been in the past. And and that's like you said, Rob, that's a credit to Aaron Nola, the player and, and how committed he is to to being the best he can be for this team.
4: I, I can't get over the fact that and, and I've seen we, we've all seen so much baseball and even teams that have been dominant teams, Anthony, I can't remember a team that has been this perfect through through a, a series thus far. I mean they've outscored this team 15 to 3. they've taken away the the, um, the, the Diamondbacks long ball ability. They're holding them to barely singles. And the pitching staff as a whole, this Phillies pitching staff has been virtually flawless. I mean, four relievers combined last night to give up one hit and struck out six.
1: Yeah,
12: I
4: mean, you don't you don't see this, man. It's like everything you could script for perfection has happened for this team.
12: It, it, it's it's it kind of kind of surprised me even a little bit. Like, I was pretty bullish on this team. I've been saying for months that it's going to come down to the Phillies and the Braves. I think that they're the two best teams in the National League. And if they play each other in the playoffs, whoever wins that series, I think is going to win the World Series. Yeah. But this kind of dominance has surprised me at how good they've been. They were dominant against Atlanta, too. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact that everyone wants to make it seem like, oh, Atlanta is a weak team. They're weak minded. They couldn't play in Philadelphia. This is a team that won the World Series two years ago. They won over 100 games each of the last two seasons. They're they're not a weak-minded team. They are a very talented team. The Phillies just happen to be their kryptonite, okay? And and they played really well against Atlanta. You know, Of course, they dominated Florida in the the wild card round as as well. They are just beating whoever's in front of them, and it doesn't matter what pitcher is on the mound. I mean, look at the the Marlins threw out two good pitchers in Lazardo and, and Braxton Garrett. They beat Strider, they beat Max Fried, they beat Zach Gallen, who was a a, yep. a leader in the clubhouse for Cy Young, mm-hmm. probably at the all-star break. Merrill Kelly had a decent game against them, but they still got three home runs off the guy. I mean, they, they are hitting
3: twice. they're hitting everybody. It doesn't matter who the opposition's throwing at them right now. Yeah, and it's that's the thing. I mean, it, and it's so many of them contributing too. It's obviously Schwarber and, and Harper. We're going to talk about that. Turner's hitting 500 in the postseason. And nobody's yeah. talking about him. It's incredible I mean, what he's doing. He's hitting yeah. 500. Is that hard to do? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't watch enough
12: baseball, but I mean, he's hitting 500. Yeah, that's he's getting a hit every other time he steps to the plate. <laughs> and, uh, you he's, know. and he's got a few walks in there too, which and he's not a walk guy who walks a lot. His, no. I think his on base is like 536 or so. It's, it's amazing. To think of how many times that guy's getting on base and no one's even talking about it this postseason.
3: And, and you've been around, look, this this a long time, man. And uh, somebody we were talking about this earlier. I, I'm not, it's not to say that the crowds weren't nuts in 80 and 93 and 07 to 11. They were, they were nuts. Somebody referenced, Chuck referenced in our chat, 77 when they they you know, got Bird Hoot and whacked out and he left. Yep. They were all fever pitch type things. But doesn't this feel? And I'm I'm trying to avoid being the recency bias guy. It, it just feels a little bit different now. It is, it
12: yeah. it is different. And, and you know, I I was in the ballpark in in the during seven oh seven to eleven for a number of playoff games. Mm-hmm. I remember ninety three. You know, um, I was I was there in nineteen eighty as a young kid. But I was yeah. there for eighty and you know in eighty three. I remember all of this. Yeah. And those were great times, and the crowds were awesome. You know, this is next level. And I think what's happened here is Philadelphia has responded to positive national media attention mm-hmm. and said, we have to uphold this. And so now we're going to go out there and you talk, you're talk, you saying how cool it is. Well, we're going to make it even cooler because that's what Philadelphia does. Right. I mean, it, you could think of so many situations where it's something that we embrace as our own and we wrap our arms around it even more so. When, when we have a national spotlight on it. And so the fact that we're finally seeing fans get shown in a positive light on a national level, we're only going to embrace that more and make it even better. And that's mm. what that's what this fan base is doing in 2023. I mean, it started last year, but it's become something even even more organically great this year. It, it, I was down visiting a, a co-worker in the stands in game one. And it's loud. Look, it's loud up in the press box. You get down in the crowd. I couldn't. It was standing right next to him. I couldn't hear him. That's how loud it was in the building. It was. It's really awesome. It's an awesome environment. Fans are, are really bringing it and doing a great it's job.
4: Cool. Yeah, were were cool. you able? Were you able to get in on the scrum with uh, Schwarber after last night's game? Because look at what he's done the first two games of this series. It's identical to what he did in his yeah. league championship series a yeah. year ago. How does he describe how he turns it on? When he gets to this point, you know, I wasn't actually in that um, because I was I was talking
12: they brought him to the press room. Noel was in the clubhouse. So I was in the clubhouse. So I wasn't actually in the in there for for Schwarber. But he has talked just a little bit about, the you know, he's a guy that wants to lead by attacking the opposition. And I think that that kind of looked at they looked at the Diamondbacks. They come in, they were undefeated in the playoffs so far. They were kind of feeling themselves a little bit. They had that. 2022 Phillies vibe as the sixth seed and pulling off these upsets. And so I think that Schwarber's mentality was, I'm just going to go in there and I'm just going to, you know, go after that first pitch. I see we're going to get on them quick. We're going to let them experience what this environment is like. And then maybe when they get hit in the mouth, maybe they don't respond as well because they haven't, no one had hit them yet. Right. And so I think that's been Schwarber's mentality going into his at bats in this In this series was probably similar to San Diego a year ago because San Diego, while they were not, you know, the sixth seed a year ago, they were a little bit more of a, you know, come out of nowhere team in the sense that they had beaten the the Mets and the Dodgers who were teams that everybody thought were going to go further in the playoffs. Right. So, so I think San Diego was a a little bit like that last year. And Schwarber said, okay, well, we'll see how you are when, when you face somebody who's got some experience. I think that that's how he approaches it at this point. And I think that that's why it works so well for him. Mm.
3: You know, and the other thing is oftentimes, and maybe people probably thought this was the case last year with Castellanos, but it's rare you hit on all your big money, free agents. And, I mean, you could check every box here. Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Turner, uh, Real Muto, uh, Wheeler, you know, et cetera. All these guys, they doled out major coin, are not just playing well. They're killing it right now.
12: The, the Nick Castellanos thing has has been one of the great turns in, in Philadelphia sports. Because a year ago, people couldn't stand the guy. That's right. He had a terrible year. And then in the playoffs, other than the two sliding catches in right field, one against the Braves and one against the Astros in the World Series, he didn't hit, and he right. didn't. He had no home runs. Like he was just kind of an an automatic out in the lineup. And then this year, he's kind of turned into like this philosopher in the clubhouse, and he's got always got something good to say. And even sometimes it's just like a you know a, a really. Snarky comment back to somebody, right? I mean, but it's, but it's, 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 it's so like you're just trying to figure out what's Nick going to do next. Yeah. But he's embraced it so much. And he's embraced the whole thing with his son, Liam, who's kind of become like a, a second mascot for the Phillies this year. And then how he, how he responds to the fans out in the outfield. I mean, what he's been doing this week with the, with the waving to them and the getting them pumped up and the bowing to them at the beginning, like Harper used to do. Um, playing catch with a kid in in, in the first row during warm ups, like I mean, it's something I didn't expect. I didn't see coming with Nick Castellanos, and he's a much better player when he's like this than what he was a year ago. And you it's know, it's
4: fascinating, you know, Anthony. Um, w- when I listen to Castellanos speaks, it brings back memories, and and I'm thinking he reminds me of a nicer version of Jason Worth when it comes to answering questions. <laughs> Think about that. Jason yeah. Ward was a royal pain. Yeah, at the time to get anything out of. I think Castianos is a nicer version of Jason Ward. Yeah, it, it, but it's 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 interesting because
12: there will be a time like you'll ask him a question and like he'll stare at you for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. and you're like, where's he? Is he getting mad at the question or is he going to give me something really good out of it? Like, yeah, like you have that. He keeps you on your toes. Like you yeah. don't know what kind of response you're going to get from him. And it was funny. We were joking with John Clark, right, uh, from NBC, uh, yeah. because, you know, he's had a couple of those uh, Castellanos interviews. And so yesterday we're waiting to go in the clubhouse and somebody said, who'd you go on the field? He goes, oh, I went back to Nick, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't talk. I, forget who he, I think he got Schwarber on the field. But Like everybody was just joking with him because it's just like Castellanos gets gets a kick out of, of making our lives difficult, which is fun.
3: Yeah, he uh, poor Matt Weiner of TBS for people. You probably didn't get to to see it. (laughs) You were down there. (laughs) I've seen the videos. Every everybody who's ever done it for a living, being on the other side, just cringes when you when you see that moment, man. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Uh, All right, lastly, uh, and it there is a there is a sort of like live by the sword, die by the sword thing. They are crushing home runs at an unreal Mm -hmm. rate. We know that can dry up sometimes, almost like you know you're hitting your threes. All of a sudden, you start missing your threes, and it becomes a struggle. Do you yeah. worry about that at all, or do you think this series is in pretty good hands? Well, I'm not worried
12: about it for this series. I think that this series, there's no way Arizona is beating the Phillies four out of five. I mean, it's just not going to happen. There's too big of a talent disparity here. Could it happen in the World Series? I think that that's a, that's something you can maybe have a concern about. But Rob Thompson gave a great answer about this yesterday. Somebody, the way someone asked the question in the press conference, they said, well, you know, Rob, are you you a little worried that, you know, 50% of your offenses come from home runs? And he goes, well, what's the other 50% come from?
3: (laughs) That's a great Rob Thompson answer. It's it's the
12: truth. I mean, he's he's like, we can, we can get, you know, we can score in a lot of different ways. And so, yes, the home run is a big part of it. No, no question. But he's right. They do drive in some runs the other way. I, I just That's wish good. they would be a little bit more consistent when they have runners in scoring position. Yeah. I think sometimes they try to go for the beginning too much. If, they're, if you're looking for one negative or one flaw, they want to put up four or five runs in an inning instead of just scratching across that one run. In the playoffs, to me, the one run could mean a lot more
5: yeah. than
12: that big inning can. Yeah, the big inning is great if you get it. But I'd rather guarantee the one run than chase the three or four or five yeah. runs. I wish they would do that a little bit more. If they yeah. did that a little bit more, I feel a little bit better.
3: Yeah, the good news is they were better last night, five of seven. Hopefully that carries yeah. over, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. And good stuff, man. Uh, and we'll check you out, of course, as uh, crossing, first off yeah, crossing anytime. broad, but also uh on Twitter slash X at Ant San Philly and uh two great podcasts. Uh, Snow the goalie, which is phenomenal. And then uh, crossed up uh, with you and Bob Wackle. We appreciate it, and Thanks for hopping hey, on. Thanks, guys. You always, know, always, always a pleasure. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Soon, take care. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Yeah, good stuff. Good insight. How about that, Derek? So he left the Flyers at what? What, what did he say? Six? He's, uh, a little, he's a little after seven. Six, a little after seven. And he got there at 7.59. And And literally, that walk should take you, what, 10 minutes? At the most. Well, Something you figure- like that.
4: The walk, get through the press gate, get yeah. in the elevator, get up to your 15, seat. Fifteen, at the most, fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> on on just a regular game, fifteen. But then they heard you through the shoots. It's like cattle, man. I'm, I, I hey, I've gone through that before. I know what it's like. But and you get frustrated because you want to get there. You want to get there. You want to get in place. You want to get your stuff set up. You want to take a deep breath before you have actually. You want to get something to eat before the game. Before right, you actually right. have to worry about doing the game itself you get frustrated at a certain point. I mean, you understand, yeah. but I just can't believe there was a soccer game scheduled. That's wild. On the night of a hockey game. And, you a, know, a, obviously these games are scheduled possibly a year in advance. Sure. You don't know what, what team's going to get in the playoffs or anything like that. But yeah. the fact that it was, it was like a, a storm of people down
3: there, and you can see, Rob. That's why I don't do crowds. I, listen, I I'm with you on that's that one. I, I, would, I would want no parts of that last night, and and I give the Flyers credit; they tried to accommodate. They moved their game up to six, you know, as to not be you know against everybody at the same time. So anyway, a um, couple things here, Derek. So on on the Harden front, yeah. <laughs> the multiple reports he's at he's at home in Houston. Really? Yeah. The Sixers are going to give him the opportunity to explain his absence before they start invoking fines. But he could be subject to a fine of three hundred eighty-nine thousand eighty-two for every preseason and regular season game he misses without consent of the team. All right, the fine would fall under three hundred eighty-nine thousand a game. Correct. Uh, It would fall under the failure to render services clause in his deal. There's a minimal fine starting at 2500 for missing practice. So that's just the 389 is games. He could be fined 2500 per day for not being at practice either. Well, didn't
4: James tell us all that he wasn't going to play for the Sixers this year? Did he not tell you that the uh, relationship between him and Maury um, is uh, unrepairable? Did he not tell us this? Yes, sir. But, see, I don't understand. Why do you make a fool of yourself doing this why would you even show up at practice? Why would you even walk into the the, the facility in Colorado as a show of good faith? Because people are already on edge like, James Harden's coming. We, he's here. And then he goes through a couple of practices, doesn't make any beef. That's not disruptive. You know, your new head coach is trying to get this team, you know, gelled to get ready for the season to come. Hey, he looked good to me. I had a couple of talks with him. He seems like he's here. And then all of a sudden he pulls. A David Copperfield.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So this I mean, be- but you just knew it. I mean, look, it, it, you just knew it. You just know it. All right. Let me just throw this out there. Um, Jeremy Chin, the safety from the Panthers, who a lot of people, including myself, would like to be in an Eagles uniform, yep. has a significant quad injury that is expected uh, to sideline him up to six weeks. Uh, Doesn't need surgery, but uh, he's also in the last year of his contract, scheduled to be a free agent. The implication is... He may not be in a hurry to get back to a team that's winless right now. So uh, does that affect things? Yeah, the trade deadline's October 31st, Derek. So we're under two weeks to the trade deadline now. Um, Would you take a gamble on him knowing he'd be out six weeks? Probably get him for a little bit less? Maybe have him for the real stretch run? It may not be a bad move, even with the injury. That's not a
4: bad. That's not a bad insurance policy, especially if he's not in. A, if the, if it's true, if there's truth that he's not in a, any hurry to get back to a winless team, it may force Carolina. You know, we got to get something for him now. You know, th- 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 we've seen enough of this. You know, we know the season is a loss. We've got our quarterback in the future. Hey, next year in the draft, we get a top defensive player in the draft, just like Houston did. Right. Except Houston got both in the same year. We can get them in back-to-back years. What can we get for him right now? You know, he's a he's a really good safety. So he is, he is very good. Yeah. Um, It's not bad. It's not bad at all. I need to know what his contract is, because if you take him, you got to eat the rest of his contract. Unless you can get Carolina to agree to paying him a portion of his contract, which I don't if I was Carolina, you want him, you take it all. I'm not we're not paying anything. You want him? You know, Howie. How much is left on his contract? Uh, I haven't seen his numbers. Uh, uh, he, I know he's in the last year of his deal. I don't know. Okay. His, his rookie and, deal. And yeah. What's he making? So, you know, I got to look this up in the, in the next break to see what he's making. Um, is it feasible? Uh, hey, look, if it is, go get him. Go get him now. You you know, you, you, you stocked up last year for the stretch run. It's quite obvious. You know, we can all see that there's deficiencies on that defense, especially the back end you know, these young kids aren't ready. First of all, they can't stay healthy, you know, and, and, and they're not ready in a lot of ways. Yeah. You need to go get some proven talent. If you're going to, if you're going to go through this gauntlet of teams and this collection of quarterbacks, you're about to face, you need some proven talent back there to help you get through it.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, I, it's something to think about. And, and as much as the injury sounds like a deterrent, uh, you might be able to get them cheaper. That's all I'm saying. You might have to go up a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, so a JM says he's making 2.9. Um, okay. You right. know, and then, then you'd pick up, you, you know, prorate that over whatever, however many games and all that. So, yeah, I mean, just just food for thought. It sucks he's got that injury. Um, but six weeks, six weeks would get you to week, man, get you to week 12. Uh, you'd have him for five or six no games run. and then into the playoffs.
4: So let's see. Uh, Jeremy Chen, 2.918 million. <clears throat> Pro rated bonus uh 342,995. Workout bonus 75. They don't have to worry about that. His cap number, his cap hit is uh dollars Not a bad cap hit if you gotta take a hit.
3: Something uh, to consider. That's all. Something to consider. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's get a timeout. Uh let's dive into the dolphins a little bit here, Gunner. Um, and what they've done this year thus far. We'll talk about Julio Jones uh coming over here, what role, how much gas he has left in the tank. Uh, and you know, does this hurt anybody else's, uh, you know, touches and we'll get into all that when we come back, don't go anywhere. Derek gun, Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Uh, we are sports take on this Wednesday. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because Jim Murray is the guy that you trust with your finances, with all the hard work that you put in. I know I can tell you from personal experience that that's who I entrust, uh, Everything that I, that I do with him because he is that kind of guy. Uh, whether it's your 401k planning, your insurance review, you have a small business, you need help with your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. Jim at principal That's Murray dot jim at principal.com. That's
8: And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
3: happy wednesday everybody Derek gunn rob ellis hanging out with you uh all right Derek, let's set our sights on the birds here julio jones that was the news of the day yesterday signs a one-year deal uh with the eagles he's 34 years old at this point seven pro bowls under his belt uh 13 thousand six hundred and twenty nine receiving yards the guy's had a remarkable career that's for sure the question is yep. how much is left uh he was also been very good against the eagles 50 catches 804 yards, five touchdowns in seven games versus the birds. Last two seasons, 20 games played, which means he's missed basically seven per per season. Uh, 55 catches, 733 yards, and three TDs. So what do you think of the move?
4: He's a name, a great name, who was a great receiver in his prime. He's been with four different teams in the last four years. He's played nine, 10, and 10 games over the last three years. Thirty-four years of age, um, I, you think Julio's going to come in here and take touches away from AJ Devante and in Dallas? I, you know, they only had three healthy receivers. They needed a body. They worked out a bunch of receivers. They decided on Julio. Now, he might be a guy who can help them with their red zone woes. I mean, they're at forty-five percent efficiency touchdown wise in the red zone as it is. Um. I initially texted a couple of people. I said, why? And one person texted me back and said, well, Quez Watkins is never going to play. He's always hurt. So we needed somebody. Julio is a proven commodity, smart, crafty runner. I'm just shocked that they went out and got a Julio Jones. I don't know how much he's going to add you know, to this team, You know, to be honest with you. Um, I hope it works out for
3: him. But I have my reservations about Julio at this stage of his career. I do too. I I, I wonder, look, it can't hurt. You're signing him probably to the veteran minimum. If it doesn't work out, you can move on or he doesn't play a whole lot. Like I I don't, there's no real downside to this. It can't hurt you. But I think people expecting him to be the Julio that you knew 10 years ago, you know, he's not, he's not. And he he had some production the last couple of years. I, I, we were talking about this before the show, uh, me, you and tone. And, I don't know that they don't try and maybe utilize him a little bit in the red zone. Maybe. Uh, you know, he's he's got that big body where he could box out. But then again, I, I thought they'd do that more with AJ Brown because he's got that kind of body. You know, Julio's bigger than AJ, but uh, I you know, you need something. Quez is out. Maybe you don't feel like Zacchaeus is that guy, uh, necessarily. So they'll give it a shot. it, it to me it's it's like if you get anything, it's gravy if you don't I'm not shocked.
4: That's how I view it. When when we look at this Eagles team and we we look at the pluses and the minuses and we want to categorize certain things, was this a fluke? Is this a fluke or is this a pattern? Yeah. It's definitely been a pattern when it comes to a lack of red zone efficiency, which is shocking because when you look at the wealth of options they have in a red zone, I am shocked that they have they've had they're less than less under 50%. Yeah, 42, you know, I think. You look at yeah. a team like Miami is like 80% in the red zone. And an Eagles team that has that kind of talent should be nowhere near below sixty percent. Yet they by going two for three this past Sunday, they elevated to 45%. They were down to 42%. Mm-hmm. So there's something missing in the red zone uh, efficiency. Um a part of it it may be scheming by the opposition, yes, but you should be able to figure it out. You have enough talent on this team. To figure it out, and I think the Eagles and Howie Roseman in particular have gotten to a point as they did last year with the ine- the ineffectiveness of defending the run. When they went out and got Bell Joseph and Damika Sue, they are at a point right now saying, "You know what? Look at where- what we're about to hit in terms of competition. We cannot have this lack of efficiency. Maybe this guy can give us that missing link." I mean, think about it. If you step to the line of scrimmage, you have Jalen Hurts under center. You look to your left, you got AJ. You look to your right. You got Devontae, and in the slot, you have uh, you have Julio Jones, and at your tight end, you have Dallas Goddard, and over oh, behind you, you have DeAndre Swift. Nobody should be able to consistently stop that. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah, arguably the best offensive line in the game. Nobody. But up to this point, minus Julio Jones, teams have done a good job of stopping the red
3: zone offense. This is where I really look at the coaching staff. This this specifically and, and you know everything in general you're kind of questioning a little bit everybody everything and everybody but are they really putting the eagles in the best position to succeed are they being you know are they being too predictable it feels like it, it doesn't feel like a lot of like Jalen's, you know draws and Jalen keeps yeah. and all that it, kind of yeah. stuff. like how about you get a little bit creative in the red zone it, it just doesn't feel like there's any creativity here and that falls on nick and brian johnson i i couldn't agree more um and I will say this,
4: you know, I was giving kudos as we all were to Brian Johnson uh, for his play calling the game prior to the jets game. But now as we look back at that, <laughs> I can't, I can't get over the fact that you, you had 55 dropbacks against a team that is a good talented team that has yeah. a lot of talent on defense, but was very susceptible to the run. And and I believe, as I said earlier in the week, susceptible because, the offense has not done enough to give their defense a breather, and these guys were sucking wind at crucial points of a game. You played right into their hands. You had 22 running plays compared to 55 dropbacks. I don't understand why you didn't run that ball at least 35, 40 times against the Jets and yeah. do a better job of controlling the clock. The Jets couldn't score a touchdown on this team. They weren't going to walk down the field and score a touchdown with no. Zach Wilson under center. No. You gave them the touchdown. You gave them the defining moment of the game. The crowd was out of the game for most of the game. They were. Until the fourth quarter. When they got within two points, all of a sudden the Jets crowd came alive. Mm -hmm. And then when he throws that pick in the coverage, that place went nuts. You gave them everything they needed when you had them dead to rights. And I don't – I'm sitting here Wednesday. I still don't understand the play calling in that game.
3: I don't either. And, you know, and I get it. Like – most coaches aren't going to say, you know what? We really blew it, blah, blah, blah. But but sometimes you'll get, hey, could we have run it more? Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to Nick Sirianni and I listened to Brian Johnson both. And, and, and neither one of them are, are even giving an inch on this. You know, I mean, they're just not. I mean, the second half, your running backs had eight carries for 33 yards. And I get it. You're not ripping off big chunks here. But still, you've got to make more of an effort here. Especially, this is the other part, Derek. You know. In the second half, you're without Lane Johnson. I like my chances better of you having success running the ball rather than pass rushing if Jack Driscoll's really struggling to to pass block. Try Let's see what it looks like in the run, you know, a little bit more. Um, There was just so many things. Jalen wasn't on his A game in the fourth quarter, clearly. So maybe you don't have as many attempts for him. It just, it didn't make sense to me. They can say whatever they want. I'd be really surprised if they don't get back to the run more this week. I think you'd have to do it by necessity. Because you want to keep the dolphins off the field. But that was that was a poorly coached game. It just was on Sunday. Um you, you're allowed to have you're allowed to have one or
4: two worse coach games than better coach games. That's your one. That's your one. You have got to come back with a vengeance this week um against a much better opponent, against a much more complete team. And your team is limping into this game. You're bringing in people off the street. Josiah Scott was signed to help him on the back end. Julio Jones is signed to help him with the with the red zone woes. You're bringing in people off the street to try to help you get this thing right. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Now, it worked last year for you. Now, we got to wait and see if it's going to work for you this year until you can get some of these other bodies healthy.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: You cannot, you cannot come out of games over the next six, seven weeks and have the media and the fan base wondering, what the heck are you people doing? What are you doing here? You should be you should have your identity already. To be honest with you, I don't know what the defense's identity is other than they're good up front. We don't know. Um after after Brian Johnson was the highest of highs with play calling one game and comes down to the lowest of lows, I don't know w- what he's going to look like this week against Miami. Yeah. Honestly, don't You should have some, whatever you are, you should have some consistency in terms of what you are at this point of a season. I I can't honestly say, I know that for a fact right
3: now. I I don't either. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think if if I, if you had to ask me, what's their identity on defense, they're, they're a team that can get after the quarterback and has done a pretty good job against the run. But beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they are. Um, You know, the linebackers have been, they they played okay. All things considered. Um, I think they're, they're kind of limited. And, and the secondary, it almost feels like they're just hanging on for dear life, uh, you know, a lot of times. And and right. uh, with all that said, Derek, they did a good job against the Jets. I mean, the, the well, defense did, did their job. They did more than enough for the Eagles to win that game. They did, in fairness to the defense.
4: Hey, not to derail you, but uh, I saw during our last commercial break, our good friend from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Keith Pompey, had posted that, according to sources, James Harden is back in Houston. Yes. Unexcused back in Houston. Yes. So I reached out to Keith. I said, look, I hate to do this to you at the last minute. I know I do it to you. You have time to come on. Can you give us 15 minutes? So Keith said he can come on at one o'clock to talk about this mess. Right. Nice. You no, know, we have Barry Brooks at 130. Perfect. What do you think? You want to get him in there? Heck yeah. All
7: right. Let I'm, me I'm a-
3: Derek. Anytime we can enhance the show by talking to someone who's got boots on the ground. Yep. Uh, let's go. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll every, any whatever we were gonna do, we will figure it out. This is what it's all about, man. You audible and, and you and you, you you make moves on the fly. So yeah, let's do it, man. That's so great. So tone Keith
4: is Keith is waiting for the Keith is waiting for the, uh the uh, invite, dude.
3: So. Okay, yeah, good stuff, Gunner. And and by the way, uh Gina Mizell, uh yep. who, who is uh inquirer uh writer, she's the Sixers beat reporter for the Inquirer, along with uh along with Keith. Yeah. Um she tweeted out about an hour ago saying can confirm James Harden is not at Sixers practice. He also was not present for shoot around uh, in the Brooklyn game on Monday. Uh, Source told me earlier this morning that if Harden was going to play in Friday's preseason finale, as he stated, uh, that today would be important. Um, So this is, this is basically, I think his, his way of, of going back on what he said which is he was going to play in that last game. Um <laughs> here we go, man. I just that's all I can say. Here we go. This is we're in the we're in the first stage of this. This is like a tour de France. There sure. is going to be some it's going to be a lot until he finally gets moved. This is you know what he's doing, Derek? Here's what he's doing. And we'll ask Keith about this obviously, but I think now He's hearing the stuff. Ramona Shelbourne reported from ESPN, who's who's got her finger on the pulse of a lot of this stuff, yeah. reported that um, the Sixers and the Clippers and, and Woj did too are still very Woj far apart. Up, so yeah. yeah, they're still very far apart. So he gets wind of that, right? And he's like, man, I want out of here. I don't want to start the season with this team. I don't, I don't have a lot of time left. Like, clock's ticking. I got to pick it up here. And here well, we
4: go. If what Woj is saying is true, and Woj is on top of this stuff. That the the Sixers have re entered a conversation with the Clippers and they're still far apart. James probably said, hey, I thought you people told me if I come back this would get done sooner rather than later. Yeah. So James said, You know what? I'm taking my ball and I'm going home.
3: Oh boy. Oh God. All right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here.
4: Exactly. John Dickerson says James Harden's beard is now controlling his life.
3: <laughs> That's a, Man, this this is a this is oh. a myth. What a mess. What a mess. Um. All right. Back, back to the birds. Now there is potentially good news here, Derek. You, you, we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. So just to throw it back out there, you know, the Lane Johnson thing doesn't appear as serious as it did initially when he went down in the game. Right. And there is a chance that he plays in the game. Now he, it's, it's going to be pain tolerance. And we know if there's anybody who's got a high tolerance for pain, it's, it's Lane Johnson, right? We know that, Um, that, that is a huge plus that this isn't, you know, as bad as it initially looked, considering a guy, the guy has an injury history with ankles that that's a, you know, from an injury standpoint, they haven't had a lot of good news, but this is good news. When you look at the replay Swift
4: and, a, and a an alignment landed on that ankle. Yeah. And I'm thinking that that ligament is torn because of his, his ankle history. By the grace of God, he escaped to the point. Now there's a there's a possibility he could miss Sunday's game, yep. which I don't like. Considering Miami's front comes after quarterbacks. Yeah, they do. Um, and I don't want to see Jack Driscoll on that side. Now, if 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 somehow the Eagles find a, a way to run the ball and, and, and Miami gives up like 114 yards rushing, which is decent run defend, but you can you can hit them in some. Yeah,
3: they're 19th. That's not special. Yeah. yeah uh, you know,
4: um, Jack Driscoll is better at run blocking than pass blocking. You can't put the ball up 55. No. You can't have 55 drive backs against Miami's fast defense, man. You
3: can't. I don't care that that Sauce Gardner and and Reed aren't back there. Like I get it. I get it's, temp- it's tempting. But you have to stay true to the run to an extent. And and you know, again, if you want to move on from the Jets game, you got you you want to keep the ball out of to his hands. So, how do you do that if you have long sustained drives? Keep them off the field, win the time of possession, take the air out of the ball. This this team, this coaching staff
4: has got to remind themselves every day leading up to this Miami game. The Jets were down their top four secondary people. The Jets were reeling just to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. The Jets, after the, the like under six minutes left. In the second quarter, the Jets held this potent offense to zero points. The Jets found a way to come back and beat you with Zach Wilson. The Jets got four turnovers to your none in this game. You you have everything in your favor motivation-wise to have a completely different mindset. And I know guys will be up for this game. They'll be focused for this game. But, dude, you're playing with fire. If you come in with the same kind kind of script against Miami, you're going to throw the ball. Let's say fifty to thirty. I don't want to see fifty passes from Jalen Hurts in this game. I really don't. Mm-hmm. You let you talk. We talk about Eagles defensive front getting after Tua. Mm-hmm. You don't think that Miami front's coming after Jalen? Oh yeah. Considering the Jalen, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest, Rob. Jalen Hurts has not been that quarterback he was last year. He hasn't. I've seen him holding the ball too long, patting the ball too long. He's had to float outside a lot when he's looking down the field. Nobody's open. Teams are playing games with them on defense, and it's working in a lot of ways for them. They're coming. You know, we talk about the Eagles' defense coming after coming after Tua. Miami's defense is coming, mm-hmm. and you better sure you better sure hope you got a better game
3: plan this week than what you did, or you're gonna get embarrassed on national TV. Yeah, they. I mean, look the uh, the defensive tackles for Miami are excellent Christian Wilkins has got three and a half sacks e- Emmanuel Agba who's a who's a, a defensive lineman he's got two and a half and and the guy oh. that we don't hear a ton about Zach Sealer yeah four sacks d tackle like so this is a this is a very good interior d line I mean th- this this is no joke um now no, no. Anything can happen. I'm not I'm not sitting there
4: saying the Eagles can't beat the Dolphins because, number one, you have the advantage. You have them in your backyard in a very loud, raucous environment in Lincoln Financial Field. But you got to be on your P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. You've got to be on your P's and Q's with this team, you know, because you've, you're still struggling along. Through six games, you're struggling along. It's not fluid. And a big part of it on defense is because of the injuries. Yeah. But on offense, You Know they went to a stretch four straight games, they put up a minimum of 415 yards. Okay, how many yards they put up against the Jets and what did they have to show for it?
3: Okay, yeah, you held the Jets under 300 yards total offense and you still lost the game. Not, yeah, again, that one's not on the defense for as banged up as they were. They did a nice job, they did a really nice job for them. Uh, Chandler Jones arrested again. Now, what? Uh, in Vegas, uh, t- 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 he was booked on a charge of violating a domestic violence temporary protective order. This is the second time in less than three weeks he's been arrested on the same charge. They have Somebody has got to get this dude some help. Dude, He's, he's still going, behind bars as we speak. He's going to hurt himself or
4: hurt himself in some innocent party. Yes, you know, sir. The fact that this hasn't been addressed already. And if something tragic happens, you're going to have a lot of finger pointing in terms of who's responsible for taking care of this. Who should have been who who, who should have taken the initial steps to to keep him from harming himself or others? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of backlash from this if somebody doesn't jump in, you know, and, and basically strong arm the situation. <sighs> Not good.
3: Not good. All right. Uh, so I just wanted to pass that along. But, yeah, I mean, the thing about this Miami team, by the way, we're going to talk to Barrett Brooks at 1.30. But the other thing about this Miami team, too, Derek, is 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 unbelievable as they've been in their passing game and they've been spectacular. Like, I'll give you two of his numbers real quick here. But I'll get into that in a minute. But, but the big thing for me, I look at the running game. You know, even with um, – what's his name? Akeem. Um, uh, a- 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 yeah, he's out. Mostert, 429 rushing yards, 5.7 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Yep. And as a team, they're rushing right now for 181 yards per game. So yes. they're not afraid to mix it up at all. No.
4: no. We talk about how lethal their passing game is, but they have been very potent on the ground. You you have they have over a thousand they have a thousand ninety ninety-one yards rushing as a team. <laughs> Now, granted, some of those jet sweeps, but like Mike McDaniels, very creative. See, that's yeah. another thing. Very creative play caller and designer in his offense.
3: You know. Oh, um, incredibly creative,
4: yeah. And, 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 and most – the thing is, a, a chain ha- had only 38 carries, at 460, averaging 12 yards a carry. And then, and then most of it has 75 carries for 429, averaging just under six running plays they have 12 running plays of 20 or more yards they have 15 rushing touchdowns
7: mm.
4: so it's just that's all you need to know i't even talking i'm not even talking about the fact that they have 26 passing plays of 20 or more
3: yards Yeah. yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it is unbelievable it is it, it's pick your poison uh you know with this team in a lot of ways and it's been a relatively quiet start for waddle i mean he's got 20 he missed some time. But he's got 24 catches, 296 yards. I mean, it's still good for 12 yards per catch. But he's been kind of quiet, you know. I guess when you consider what Hill's doing and what the running game's doing, you know, numbers are going to suffer somewhere. And the Eagles go through that with Devontae. You know, the the, the last couple of weeks, I guess. But um, do you get a sense that they're going to make it a point the Eagles to establish Devontae Smith early in this game, Derek, or we just let it come organically? Oh,
4: I, I think I think AJ is going to be the primary target. Uh, to be honest with you. Okay. Um I think Devontae will get his touches, but I think AJ is quite obvious. It has been for a while that um AJ is Jalen hurts security blanket. There's no question about that. I want to see what Miami does to try to take away the game from AJ. Now, I think, you know, if they do something different defensively to t- try to take AJ out of the equation, then Dallas Goddard, uh, Devontae and possibly Swift out of the backfield could step up in terms of touches for this particular game. But I would imagine AJ is going to get a lot of looks in this game. You know, you talk about a big body receiver who's difficult to defend, who's almost impossible to defend on that slant route that he runs because DBs give him so much cushion and have so much respect for him. Um, Jalen has got to be thinking, I got to get the ball out of my hands quicker. I've got to get it out quicker. And who does he get it out quick to when he has to AJ's always first. I want to see, I want to see Jalen do a better job of going through progressions. Also, you know, look, sometimes he, he locks in on that receiver. You know, exactly where he's going with the ball. I, I want to see him do a much better job in terms of going through progressions um, and distributing the wealth, but that's going to be dictated by how well this Eagles offensive line holds up against um, Miami's pass rush. I was surprised that the Jets were able to get as much pressure on, on Jalen.
6: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time.
9: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: As they did. Now, they didn't get him down much, but they got got pressure on him. They forced him to make decisions, whether he was in the pocket or outside the pocket. Forced him to make decisions a little bit quicker than he wanted to. Mm -hmm. That's the case with a lot of quarterbacks. But I was surprised the Jets were able to do that against this Eagles offensive
3: line. I was too. All right, so let's keep this rolling here. Uh, we'll keep the Eagles talk going when we come back. We'll have our NFL segment. Uh, actually, we'll have Keith at 1. Is that correct, Gunnar? 1 o'clock? Uh, 1
4: o'clock, you can do like 15 minutes.
3: Okay. All right, so we'll do a little combo effort of more Eagles and some NFL. Then we'll throw Keith on uh, at 1, one thirty. Barrett Brooks. We're loaded the rest of the way, so don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, Pro Action Restoration. You have a home, you have a business, you have a property you own. You go through the inconvenience, the pain, uh, the unknown uh, of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property. You're not sure who to reach out to, right? Well, here's a good thing. Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I know personally I've gone through it. I had water damage at my parents' house years back. I reached out on a Saturday to Pro Action, and they got right over there. They cleaned up the place. The crew was professional. The price was reasonable. It was really a great experience all around. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company, Uh, and again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. we are. He's Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Fake coming up uh, at the top of the hour. We'll have Keith Pompey to give us the latest on what's going on with James Harden. If you're just jumping on with us, James Harden not at practice today. Apparently was not at shoot around uh, prior to the preseason game on Monday against the Nets. Sixers are <laughs> going to reach out to him for <laughs> to see where he's at before the fines start coming, but we'll see. We'll see. Put on your seatbelts, folks. All right. So there's that. Um hey man, maybe, J- the maybe James had to make a guest appearance at the club. I don't know. Maybe you know. he's making it rain somewhere. Yes, I don't you, know, never, man. you know,
4: priorities, man. Priorities. go hey, you know,
3: Sometimes you free your mind and your soul will follow. <laughs> Who you want? And Vogue. Right there. What's up, James? Uh, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having oh, you know, me. James is a, is a Commander fan, but we appreciate James hanging with us. Um, yeah, and Barrett Brooks, uh, our old buddy, is going to be joining us uh, coming up at 1.30. All right, so we we're were we looking at the Eagles, and I, I just wonder, Derek, and we we mentioned about Jeremy Chin's injury, but, you know, if it's not Chin, and I know they just signed Julio Jones, but it, it, it just has the – for me at least. Tell me if, how you feel. It feels like there's a, there's something coming. Like I, I don't believe that Howie and Sean Desai and Nick Sirianni feel like they can get by with this secondary uh, moving forward, especially considering who they're going to be playing.
7: Mm. I think
3: there's going to be a trade coming. <clears throat> Do you think they will be making a trade? Um, I don't put anything
4: past Howie. We got what two weeks until the trade deadline. Yeah, eight thirteen days. If if yep. if anything. I'm always leaning towards how he's making some kind of move. The man never sits still, always looking to fill gaps, uh, to to tighten up weak links on his team. Um, If I was a betting man, I would say, yes, something is coming. To what degree, hard to tell right now. Hard to to figure out what they're they're thinking about behind closed doors. Um, But I can see something coming here.
3: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, there's a couple spots nickel corner certainly would be one. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody right now who they're going to make a move for. Probably Howie. He's coming. Howie's there. Let him in, Derek. Come Howie, on, man. He, the man's busy. Come on. He's showing me the blueprint of what they're planning on doing here. <laughs> that's how you get your inside info. He goes right to the house. I like hey, it. I, pro- I promise him ribs. He shows up. I got it. I understand. Uh, Buddha Baker is another name that's been mentioned a lot. And, and, you know, look, considering they're they're a team that's that's going nowhere fast, you know, it, it Arizona that would make some sense I mean They're the kind of teams that you're going to be looking at Uh, You know some of the worst Teams in the in the league they're one of them I would say them you know obviously Carolina Would have been kind of maybe Somebody else on Carolina's roster but New England uh, Certainly a possibility here Uh, Denver is a Team you're going to want to look at Um, Chicago Is a team you were going to want to look at I mean there's about four or five right there That you want to dip into that pool maybe
4: uh, no question about it and um teams like that Buddha is on
3: IR uh, Eagles fan but he's not yeah. for the for the season
4: um and, and teams like that are always looking when they know the season is hopeless what's the first thing they're looking for we need more draft picks to try to get younger in order to get better and a lot of times to get younger if you can get a fourth or fifth pick those those kind of picks are as as, as valuable to a team as anything yeah you yeah. know if they can have multiple picks in the fourth fifth or sixth rounds you know, that they're happy with that. If they can unload somebody who's unhappy being there, someone who is not going to help them um, for the duration of this season get better, somebody they might deem as a negative instead of a positive on their team, you know, not, not an outspoken negative or positive, but by their actions in-house conversations, you move on from, you don't want anything that can be caused become more of a distraction because,
3: you're losing is already distracting enough. So. Yeah, well said. Uh, well said. There's no question about that. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the needs of this team, it's pretty obvious. I think defensive line, you're in good shape, whether it's stuffing the run, whether it's getting after the quarterback. I think your 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 linebackers have been serviceable enough and you're throwing N'Kobe Dean back in there. Okay. Yes. You know, I can, I can live with a linebacking crew. But the secondary is the scary part. You know, you hopefully Slay gets back. And he's healthy at least, and you have him and Bradbury. That's good. Hopefully, and again, we don't know anything. What's going on with the rib issue with Blankenship? But yeah. if he gets back, you know, you feel pretty good about Blankenship. But the nickel corner and that other safety spot right now are, are two needs. The uh, that, that appear to be pretty obvious for the team. All right, let's do some NFL. Talk. Let's let's uh, let's hit it here. So a couple things uh, to throw out there, and this this pertains to the Eagles, by the way. So the Eagles organization they have trademarked the brotherly shove term which is aka the tush push okay, okay. the the competition committee uh rich mckay who who was who was part of the competition committee has has talked about how they're revisiting this thing uh at the end of the season as well and to look at a number of different factors including health um it just feels like to me there's a lot of momentum built like that this is going to go bye bye. For example, I think Rich McKay even mentioned uh, when he was talking about this. Like there were a lot of people pushing for it last year, but ultimately it didn't hold up. And but we we went under the agreement sort of that we'll revisit. It just feels like there's too many other teams that don't do it well enough that have an agenda that are going to go hard at this thing to get it to get it gone. Um, basically, when when
4: it came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, that the league and the players union is doing a study on the impact of injuries with this. To me, that was the final red flag of they are now not, they are looking at it. They're already planning. How can we get rid of this? What do we do to alter it to the point where it's ineffective for everybody or get rid of it all Right. You know, it's just a matter of time. Obviously they can't do anything about it for the rest of this season, but after this season, oh yes. Oh, yeah. um, I guarantee you, I would be shocked if there's not something that comes out of the winter meetings in March with the owner's contingent saying that we have decided to eliminate this. Look at how much they've revamped the kickoff to, to reduce head injuries. And you, see, there's
3: almost never a kick return anymore. No,
4: no, no. You know, so this is next, you know. And the fact, and I think I think teams are jealous. Look at how many teams across the league and even in the college ranks that have tried and failed, unsuccessful. You know, just just past the Dallas game against the Chargers Monday night, D- Dallas tried it near the goal line. Dak went nowhere. After the game, somebody asked him, "What happened to your tush push?" He said, "Nobody pushed pushed my tush from behind."
3: I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Easy. TMI. Um, Jerry, but I yeah, I I did think it was interesting. Jerry Jones said he's in favor of it. He did say that. He he is he is a a fan of the play itself, which you, is kind of you, interesting.
4: You better get some some better, some stronger offensive linemen and a stronger quarterback to try it then. Very true, very true. Hey, uh,
3: real quick, uh Nick Sirianni, when asked about Lane Johnson, his availability yep. on Sunday, said, quote, I would never count Lane Johnson out. So take that for what it's worth. So it's 50-50. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a 50. shot. There's a shot um, that, that he plays. Uh, speaking of Jerry, so I don't know if you how much you watched of Monday night's game with the Chargers, but at the end of the first half, Dallas had eight seconds left. They were granted a timeout with eight. It was a kind of a screw-up by the officials, but they were granted a timeout by the officials. And it would have given them the opportunity to take another shot at the end zone with eight seconds left. Mike McCarthy said, you know what? No, I don't want the timeout. And then waited till there was like two or three seconds left, called the timeout and attempted a field goal, which they made, but it was, it It looked like a very conservative, you know, game plan uh, for him and, and call for him. Jerry Jones, as Jerry wants to do and likes to do uh, was asked about this and said, yeah, I think we should have went for the touchdown. Like, I love it. I love that. He's second guessing his coach publicly, but like, how does that serve you well, doing that, if you're Jerry Jones? Like, I get it. He's, he's being Jerry? honest. Good for him. But Why, Jerry? T- yeah.
4: Why would you do that, Jerry? Why are you 2nd guess? You already have a Dallas media base and fan base in uproar with the inconsistent play of your team. And as the top of the pyramid of that organization, why would you publicly come out and say that? that you you second guessing your head coach that's a conversation you have behind closed doors with your head coach you don't put that on the spectrum out there like that are you kidding me what but that's but you're right that's 81 year old sne- senile jerry
3: doing that kind of stuff.
4: i mean seriously yeah. co-
3: I, I don't know what i, I just i don't get what the what the point of it is but but hey he does it every week there's there's something every week that comes out of that you know his radio interview so or whatever so it's all good um all right. So a couple other things here. And that was, that's one that's, you know, Jerry's always good for one of those. Uh Jalen Ramsey. I'll bet you any money. I'll bet you any money.
4: Yeah. Jerry Jones radio show is one of the most listened to shows in all of Dallas, because when you sit down and turn on, what's the first, I can't wait to hear what Jerry has to say today. Yeah.
3: I mean, no question. I agree with you. Uh, it's a coup for that rate. Can you imagine having having Jeffrey Lurie on? And Jeffrey, oh, and Jeffrey well, Lurie's not. But can you imagine if Jeffrey no. Lurie was a loose cannon like Jerry? No. Do You have him on a radio Lurie, show after every game, what you would get out of him?
4: I guarantee you, Lurie, Lurie has conversations with Howie and his coaches every week after games. Yes. And Lurie, Lurie has come out um, sporadically in this sense that I want to see his throw the ball more. Uh, yeah. You know, he has said that. Mm-hmm. But nothing that, that leads to a controversy like Jerry Joe. Jerry, with Jerry, is weekly, it's daily, it's monthly he can't get out of his own way i
3: it's that's him it's always your kind of people rob (laughs) Jerry's your guy he's my guy (laughs) yeah that's a that's a first i've never been called a jerry jones guy but okay okay um jalen ramsey who is now with the dolphins you you, you might forget that because he was traded there um but um he is they're going to open up the practice window on him starting this week, Derek, but he's not expected to play against the Eagles. They're going to ease him back into practice. He's uh, he's made really good progress from that knee, but uh, he's not ready to play against the birds, but you'll, you'll be seeing him soon, barring any setbacks. Mm
7: -hmm. That's a
3: big addition. That team, that team doesn't need any more help, man. No, 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 that's a that's a great addition. That's good news to hear. Yeah. Um, All right. So, the rich get richer, my friend. Uh, Roger Goodell is on the uh, the brink of signing a contract extension that would keep him the NFL commissioner through twenty twenty seven. Okay. Reportedly, he is making D gun money. Uh, it will be 60 million, six zero 60 million per year, uh, according to reports. That he that extension will take him more than twenty years as the commissioner. He he took over in 06, and this will run through twenty twenty seven. My man has made a, a mint. Dig gum honey. What do you want? What do you want? Huh? Where,
4: where, what? D-gum, honey.
3: <laughs> what you, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. Pay me that one year. Just one yeah, year. Give me a half of, give me a quarter of a Roger Goodell year. I promise, year. You. I promise yeah. you,
4: the only way you and I will communicate in moving forward would be by phone or if we get together to have lunch or dinner or hang out. That's you, it. We'd have an easier time finding James Harden than we would you. <laughs> what? What? Uh, <laughs> D Gun, I've been calling you for two weeks. I'm oh, sorry man. I changed my, my numbers. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have my phone up, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, it yeah, ain't yeah. personal. It's just business. It ain't personal, man. Oh Look, my god. on how do you think the players feel about what what what? Uh, uh, Roger Goodell makes now. I will give you this. Roger Goodell is paid by the owners, as, as the players are. Roger Goodell is the face of the, the richest sports conglomerate on the planet. Yeah. He basically is the handpicked, and I hate to use this term because I think Roger Goodell is a highly intelligent man, but he is the handpicked spokesman slash puppet for the owners. Yes, He speaks for them so they don't have to say certain things pertaining to league issues. Yeah, I think he has done an incredible job in terms of generating more money for that league than anybody can ever imagine, I think he is very – and him and his team are very smart at jumping on what's trendy, like streaming, and mm-hmm. so on and so mm-hmm. forth. There's no question about it. Their staunch stance for years about, well, we don't want anything to do to, with Vegas. We don't want anything to do with betting. All of a sudden, he realized as the economy and the landscape changed, and guess who has the most money now? Uh, betting sites have the most money. What? Yep. Betting sites. Somebody get me somebody who knows something about betting sites. Yeah, exactly. Every game you see, every stream service you see, every game you see on Prime, betting commercials. And oh, by the way, we're sorry. You know, We look at this differently
3: now. We decided to put a team in Vegas as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, do- dollar bills will change your, your moral compass very what? quickly uh, if you're the league, But here's the thing. I, I, there's not much to add to what you just said here's really what it comes down to when people say, Oh my God, why is he still in place? And why are they paying him all that much money? Look at how much money he makes the owners. Yes. He, he is whatever corporation. If you put somebody in charge of that corporation and the return of your dollar was as strong as it is in the NFL, you're going to keep that guy in place as your CEO. And, and you're going to pay that guy very handsomely. That's, that's what it is. Now I'm sure the players can't stand him. I'm sure the NFL PA can't stand him. I, I'm, I get it. But the business model that he's running is highly profitable and, and therefore he keeps getting hired and, and kept on and extended and paid great money. Believe me, they would be paying Roger Goodell $60 million if he wasn't making them a ton of money. Like make, is exactly. no charity here. Exactly. They're, they're, he's being paid because he makes them a lot of money. That's it.
4: I mean, lifetime healthcare, uh, helicopters, planes at his disposal. Um, you know, we, we we magnify what he makes because he's in probably the most popular sport on the planet. But other CEOs, think about this in, in major corporations in America, they get the same kind of perks. No doubt. They get the same, you it know, is. helicopters. You yeah. know, some corporations have the helicopters sitting on the top of the roof of their buildings waiting for CEO to come out and go, go from point A to point B. Right. The bonus money, the stock options these CEOs get, it happens across the board. It's yep. just that we, but, but see, in this workforce, you're talking about a workforce that's debilitating, okay? You're talking about a, work, a, a workplace that is life-altering after they're done with you. Right. You know, and in some cases, fatal. So I understand why the workforce is highly upset that he makes that compared to what they make in terms of, let's say, benefits alone. You know, they're still fighting the battle trying to get lifetime benefits. Yeah. You know, should should they have lifetime benefits based on what their company makes? Absolutely. Yeah. If you put in X amount of years of service in the National Football League, you should have
3: lifetime
4: benefits, period. No. Health
3: benefits, period. Yeah. Um, no question. I I well, this is a big thing too, Derek, in terms of health, not necessarily with the head injuries and whatnot, but the the body. Um, the the league is looking into getting a uniform surface for all of their stadiums, for all of their fields. In other words, you know, now some are grass, some are turf, some are this, some are that. It's it's kind of all over the place uh, right now. And and obviously the NFLPA is pushing very hard for grass because, you know, we've seen the way that even this, this stuff, even though it's better than the old, you know, garbage they had back in the 80s and stuff, it's still not good. So I hope they get to this. It feels like a, a little pittance of money compared to what these guys make, these owners make, and these teams make. Figure it out, man, and get everybody grass. Like, just stop. You know,
4: I, I think grass is a better option, but players players get devastating injuries on grass also, you know. Yeah. But I do think from a player's perspective, they all want grass because they feel the the ability that the grass gives when they cut. Now, you go from one extreme to the other. If you don't have the right kind of grass, all of a sudden your field is torn up. Yeah. Especially if you have pro games there, college games, concerts there. Um, your field's torn up even more so. And think about the owners who've just in the last, let's say, three to four years, put in brand new surfaces um in their in their arena, in their stadiums. Yeah. Wait a minute, we just spent anywhere from three to seven hundred million dollars. Now you're telling us we gotta bring in a, a new crew. Just to plant grass and, and, and reside grass every, every, yeah. every, are you kidding? Now, now the league might throw them a ball. Look, man, we hear you complaining. The league will pay for it. Now, that may never come out. The league may pay for everybody to get these services. But when teams are averaging at the end of a year, what you, usually a team makes, and I'm not even talking about the TV contract money. On the average, a team makes from revenue sales, concession gates. 300 million just on that alone. That's an average. That's a low average. Yeah. You mean you tell me they're complaining about paying six, seven, eight hundred thousand just to put grass back in there?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, this it, it, it seems too easy, doesn't it? I mean, there are some things where you say to yourself, what am I missing here? Like, this seems too easy. So hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, a couple of uh, injury updates, Derek. Uh, Trevor Lawrence could actually play tomorrow night. Um, it, it looked like he was going to have no chance, but they, with that knee injury, but he's practiced, he's got a, he's got a pretty good size brace on, uh, but he's been out there at practice and they yeah. feel pretty good that he's going to be able to go. I, man, that's a quick turnaround for, for anybody, especially a dude coming off a, a sore knee. So I, I'm, I'm Doug P I'm, I'm being very careful with this one.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, speaking of, speaking of injury updates, just to give you an update on something that, that somebody uh, sent me Okay, uh, as we sit here right now, uh slay and jalen carter are good to go for this sunday it's still wait and see with sydney and lane
3: okay i mean all right that's that's good and bad i mean certainly uh having carter and and slay would be enormous yep. right that would be enormous yep. but yeah lane and uh and sydney brown sydney Brown, this thing's been pretty pretty tough man Luffy.
4: yeah it's been yeah. pretty lengthy with him all right um so so we'll see
3: no con All concerns. hands on deck, baby. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, also on that same note, uh, Raheem Mostert, who the Eagles are going to be facing on, on Sunday night, uh, was the offensive player of the week in the AFC. Uh, but Boy, what a career. What a weird career he's had. I give him props. I mean, he's, he's I, bounced I, around a lot, including yes. here. But he's he looks like he's really kind of found his groove there uh, in Miami. Sometimes it comes down to, Rob, just finding the right
4: niche, you know. Yeah. Um Many times, and I've said this so many times. Sometimes players flourish in one system and flop in another. Yeah. And you look at how well-traveled Moser is. He finally found a, a home down in Mike Mike McDaniel's offense that has helped him shine. You know, so kudos for the Dolphins for identifying he's the type of back that we need to do what we want to do in our running game, and for him excelling at it.
3: You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is official now. Derek Anthony Richardson will have that season-ending shoulder surgery. Uh, too bad he had a nice start uh, for the Colts. He played well, but if you're if you're Andy, you know if you're looking at this long term, you get that shoulder right. This guy's got a lot of potential for you going forward. I think they have a nice combination with him and the and the head coach they hired in Steichen. So uh, I think the future's bright there, and they have a a competent backup in Gardner Minshew. Now, I'm not they're not a playoff team, but they played pretty well this season. But um, that's that's too bad for him uh, because he he was off to a nice start, and I would say he probably. I would say Stroud has definitely had the best start without question. And then yes. it would be him. He'd be second in, in, see, in the rookie quarterbacks. This
4: yeah. man is 6'4, 250, built like a, a linebacker edge rusher. And one good shot put him out for the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people, and I keep telling people, or when, and I, when I say in different uh, formats, I don't want to see Jalen Hurts running as much as he does, opening himself up for unnecessary shots. You know, people want to fire back. Oh, D gun you worry too much. He's not going to get hurt. He, can, You know what? every quarterback can get hurt. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, a running... Carson Wentz was a big man. Hey, did he get tattooed? Yeah. Um, RG3 lost his career because he was a running quarterback. Yeah. Lamar Jackson missed seven games last year because he's that running quarterback. Yeah. Now, quarterbacks are more mobile, more agile, more athletic than ever before across the board in the NFL. But I don't want to see my quarterback being my leading rusher. I don't want to see my quarterback leading the team in carries. No, I don't want to see that. No, I agree. Know? Because I it agree. only takes one good hit. As we saw, first of all, Anthony Richardson went from a concussion and then came back and got leveled on it on the plate, got slammed. Yep. Man, 6'4, 250. Can't say mm-hmm. that enough. Yep. Jalen Hurts is
3: what six two two fifteen, two twenty, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe he maybe a little shorter, maybe a little bit more stout. But yeah, you're right. I mean, same ballpark. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah. You got yeah, you got you got running backs back there. You, why you, you got Swift? You you got Boston. game. Hey, we saw Boston Scott signing on Sunday. Right, you know Boston Scott. You and he got he got a little you, touch. Yeah, all of yeah, a sudden you got you got game well.
3: Well, you get white turn and give the ball off. That's yeah. what they get paid for. I got you, uh, Kyler Murray. They have opened up the uh, the twenty one day practice window with him, so he will start practicing uh, as they tell, ramp him up for a comeback. Tell us, tell a Smurf, to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> to stay We don't need you. Hey, listen. you lose I, without you. you you're, you're preaching to the choir with that one. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't love him as a player, and I don't like. I don't like the the body language, man. I don't like. He's a finger pointer. I, that's not a good thing at that position. No, so, no. um all right. We'll hit some other NFL stuff, but when we come back, we'll get the latest on what's happening with James Harden uh from Keith Pompey of the Inquirer, who covers the the Sixers for the Yankee. And then at one thirty, it'll be our our old buddy Barrett Brooks. So we got a lot more in store. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. uh, Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You could go to their Facebook or their Instagram page. For more information or a sampling of their work, give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com.
9: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes.
8: field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you, because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
10: Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
11: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
5: Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at
9: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story
12: on Action
8: News. Search
9: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
1: E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles.
3: All right, we're back on a busy day, man. Phillies put up a 10-spot. Eagles have Miami coming up, but Sixers in the news as well, and we appreciate our next guest hopping on on very short notice, as he does. We always appreciate his contributions to the show, and he does an excellent job covering the team for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and that would be our friend Keith Pompey. Keith, welcome to the show, man. How you doing?
6: Hey, I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Hey, look, (laughs) you know what's funny, though? (laughs) So, just because I see Derek laughing. So today's my my daughter's birthday, like her thirteenth birthday. Oh, so it's oh, like a milestone a birthday. birthday. That's a big, right? yeah. So it was one of those things where I normally don't like doing it, but it's like, okay, I'm gonna take off today, is right, <laughs> and I'm just gonna wife and I are we're gonna do stuff for the daughter, this and that, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey babe. Um, <laughs> We've all I been there stuff to do before she gets home from school. Yeah. Me, my daughter gets home from school. It's yeah. like,
3: it's always something, you know, Yeah, we, we are, aren't we? We're in the age of 24, seven, man. Yes. We, we really are 365. That, that is for sure. Keith, we won't I, keep you long. It's a big day. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, 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 Happy yeah. birthday to your good. daughter. Yeah, oh,
6: thank right? you. Sure. Appreciate uh, it. I can't,
3: I can't
4: tell you how many times I've had to make that call and, and cancel plans for a family event or going to see a kids game reroute a birthday party. It's, you know, luckily, we're blessed to have wives who understand because yeah. there's a lot of people in our industry. Stuff like that causes a lot of tension. But oh, yes, sir. Um, But luckily, we're blessed to have – as frustrating as it can be, wives that understand what we yes. go
3: through. Well mm. said. Well said, D-Gun. Um, all right. So, Keith, uh, the, he he's Harden is not at practice today. Mm-hmm. He was not at shoot-around on Monday. So I, I guess I want to kind of work back a, a touch. Did were did they think he was going to be at shoot? Even we knew we knew he wasn't playing in the game. Did we think? Did they think he was going to be at shoot around? Had they had any contact with him? Did they know this was coming, or is this out of the blue? Yeah, I,
6: I don't think they expected him to be at shoot around because you know Joel and B wasn't there either, right? It, it was one of those things where you know Harden was at practice. Like Harden was at practice on Sunday. The team hops on the train. Um, you know they they're going to have a shoot around on Monday. He's already cleared from that game, and they were going to be off on Tuesday. Okay. So you look at it as, okay, we're going to give this guy two days off. He'll come back on, on today, Wednesday, and he'll ramp it up, as they say, to, to get prepared. So where, where they were caught off guard was the fact that he just didn't show up today. You know what I mean? Because Joel Embiid and, and him both had Monday and, and Tuesday off. You know, the team had Tuesday off. But he and Joel had Monday off as well. But but not not just showing
4: up, but he's back in Houston. Yeah, from yeah. He's yeah. just I mean, did this did this, you you you're there with the team. And from what you can gather, did the six was any way, shape, or form feel that this could be mended in any way?
6: I you know I I think they do. I think that James said they it, it can't. Right. But when right. you look at it, when you look at it, if you walk in the gym and again, and you see how James is working out with the assistant coach, Rico Hines, yeah. who he's had a, a relationship with. There are several other coaches who were in the Houston Rockets system who James had a relationship with. They're, they're all laughing. They're joking. You know, at least when the media comes in. Right. So yeah. it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, well, there's nobody else really interested in, uh, besides the Clippers. We maybe we could wear James down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one of those things. Like you know, you keep nudging, you keep nudging. He sees how everything could be great, and then he feels like, hey, you know what? This might be my best chance to win it, to, to win the championship, or to get paid next year by playing here. So I, I feel like that they, in the back of their head, some of them might might have said, nah, I know James enough. But I think that by the way that he was acting, that they felt as if that this could be something that could be uh, repairable.
3: Keith, how much of this about. is, and you tell me. I mean, somebody like Woj or somebody else put something out saying they're still far apart with the Clippers or whatever, and then James simply just reacting to something like that. Is it? Is it that? Am I simplifying things a little bit too much um, with where it, things are right now?
6: It could be. I mean, like I spoke, I did a story this weekend. I spoke to a source who close to the situation, somebody who knows. And and the guy told me, he was like, look, Keith, (laughs) the Clippers are doing their part. They want to make this happen quick, fast, in a hurry. Daryl Morey is the one holding it up. So if you're like James Harden and you're looking and you're reading stuff like this, or you see stuff, then you think like, yo, hold up. The Clippers want to make a deal. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can see him seeing stuff from the media and 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 uh, and and making it go that way. And let, let's face it, you know, James came back and he was the perfect teammate. Why? Because he wanted to get traded. That's yeah. the that's yeah. way. And then if you're if if you're not going to get traded, then sometimes I guess you have to reassess things and 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 try to make a way to where you where you are, where you can get traded. Mm-hmm. You see, Keith, you know, we hear that
4: the, the Clippers and the Sixers are still far apart. Now what what I would like to know, and I don't know how much insight you have on this, what the heck are the Sixers asking? Because if I'm the Clippers, I'm thinking, I'm not giving you anything that's going to make us worse. Even if you want us to take James Harden. Now we have a certain nucleus that, that can't be touched. You got to work within that parameter.
6: Yeah. The one guy who I talked to, he doesn't think that he. When I talked to him and I asked him a question, I said, "Do you think the Sixers are serious?" And he said, "I don't." He doesn't think they're all serious because the thing is, the one person that they like, okay, for instance, what the Sixers want, and a, a source told me, what what the Clippers are willing to offer are expiring contracts. So the Six, because you know the Sixers want to make this push next season, um, you know they they also want to offer the Sixers. Um, you know, first round picks, uh, but really a pick swap because the Sixers don't want the Clippers draft picks because they don't think the draft picks are going to be that good. Mm-hmm. But what the Sixers do want is they want, now they'll take a pick swap, but they want two first, but they want them from a different team. Like they want them to be good enough first round bad draft picks to where they can give to a team that will be able to bring in um, an all-star level type player right mm-hmm. so but the Sixers also keep getting caught up on Terrence Man, and from my source told me that they're not giving up Terrence Man, and the okay. Sixers know that and it's like why would you want Terrence Man? like you, you you know what I mean mm-hmm. so from that point is it's, it's kind of like I guess you can say they feel like they're asking for stuff that they know they're not gonna get, if that makes sense. Because
3: they really don't want to move them.
6: Because they don't I, want to move them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: does does, ha- does Maury really think that James Harden's gonna play ball here and 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 be a good soldier, Keith? I mean, I I just we know he's not that guy. Like why why is Daryl? is he just too he just can't see the forest and the trees with this?
6: Could be. I mean, I I think that. I think, but also I think it's bigger than that. I think that like you know, it's one of those things where right now, if can you afford like this Sixers, the championship window is getting ready to close. Yeah. Right. And can you afford to get rid of James Harden for what you consider a bag of peanuts? And then all of a sudden there are people are looking at you like you're the one who brought them in here and you could have gotten more for Ben Simmons a year ago or two years ago. And now you traded essentially Ben Simmons for a guy who you got expiring contracts and late first round picks for. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when you talk about that, it's one of those things where he is under the sense, like I got to win this thing, or I got to make a pretty good deal. You know what I mean? And and then you think about it, the longer you wait, let's just say it like the longer you wait, a team could possibly get desperate and say, okay, Will give you what you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like yeah, right, right now, you don't want to like just get rid of the guy for the sake of getting rid of him, and then everybody's going to look at Daryl. Like I think Daryl's in a tough spot right now. Mm.
4: But but isn't that what it's going to come down to, basically? I think Harden's got him over a barrel. No, there. If, if I'm a, if I'm a team out there, and the Sixers call me, the my mindset has to be they're in a desperation mode. This thing has become so public. They're in a desperation mode. We don't have to negotiate with them fairly, because they're between a rock and hard place. They got to get rid of this dude because they're stuck with egg on their face. He's not going to play for them. We we can get give them lesser to get them.
6: I agree 100%. I do. I do. I, I agree 100%. And you know, it could because that's what James is hoping. But you know what? I agree with you. But I also think the best thing that can happen to the Sixers is if that James Harden decides to stay away. Right. And the reason being is like if James Harden says, I stay away, you know what? You could possibly find him. You can do whatever you want. Um, But if he stays away, I don't even know if I would find him because because I want him to continue to stay. But if he stays away, if moving forward for the culture of the team, if you're Nick Nurse, you won't have that distraction. You can go ahead and you can try to like the guys who are there, you can try to get an offense and system with them. And then behind closed doors, you're working, uh, you're working out a deal to get rid of James. The moment that James shows back up, because he's telling you that is I'm about to make things uncomfortable. The moment he makes things uncomfortable and he shows up, then all the the, the things you're talking about, we got to wait it out. We got to do this. We got to do that. You definitely lost it because James is just going to make it as uncomfortable as possible. So if I'm the Sixers, stay away, James, stay in Houston. We're not, we're not going to find you. We're not going to do anything because the moment he comes back, it could get
3: ugly. Well, do you keep You're there every day? How has, how has Nick nurse sort of traversed this thing so far? Like how has he handled it? You know, isn't it a totally different deal if he's not running the offense? Like, how has he handled everything sort of day to day here? And we're not that far away from real games, too. I mean, what's our one preseason game left?
6: I I think under the circumstances, Nick has done a great job. I I really have. I mean, I felt like, you know, I felt like, you know, his personality, the way he's doing things. You know, he had a a, a talk with James before the the first practice as James showed up. Um, But but I feel like Nick is the right guy for this just because, you know, he's going at it with two mindsets. We're going at it like, hey, if James plays, he plays. We work something out. If James doesn't play, we're we're going to work on some other things. We have a different offense. And then also, I think that the fact that Nick has been in the G League, that he's played overseas, he's been dealing with these type of distractions before, like not knowing who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. So I felt like Nick's done a great job. And let's face it, Nick Nurse's job isn't the one that's on the line over this. He's oh a God. new coach. Good like point. he's inherited this situation. So it's not him. He can go ahead and coach whatever. Look, if the team, if, if James makes this a huge distraction, we're not going to say, oh, my gosh, Nick Nurse blew a lead. Nick Nurse did that. Oh, the team is like they're they're below 500 or, or they're the fifth seed. No. It's going to go on Daryl Morey, so I think Nick is 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 handling it well, and not only that, there's no pressure on Nick Nurse.
4: Hmm. I'm I'm waiting to see because you know it's coming. I'm waiting to see for her um, for MB to get tired of being asked all the questions about this, yep. and he speaks his mind as he did with Ben Simmons finally when they were going through that mess with Ben Simmons. That's when you that's the to me that's the telling tale of what this season could look
6: like. Once Joel speaks out about this. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because that's the telling tale of the also not just this season, but it could be the future of the organization. Because, you know, once Joel gets fed up or he says the things that everybody expect him to say, then all of a sudden there's going to be other teams around the league talking about, hey, look, are y'all ready ready to get rid of Joel? And we got the assets to help you guys reboot. You know what I mean? So that's not just this season. It's the future. Once Joel says what he says, you know, the Sixers, we'll, we'll learn the direction that I'm moving forward. All
3: right. We we uh, promise we get you in and out of here quick, Keith. So go celebrate the birthday and whatever else craziness comes well, it, It's over. <laughs> I it feel down. sorry like, for her,
6: but we'll be all right. <laughs> all
3: right. Hey, I, all right. I promise you I'll try in the future not to hit
4: you the last minute, the last two No, any time. Yeah,
6: any time. Like, I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, All right, Keith, right, bro. Thanks. I Have a great day. All right, on. Keith. Right. Take care, thanks, man. All right, appreciate good. it.
3: That is Keith Pompey. Always always a great read. Always the pulse on what's going yes. on with the team. And if you can, follow him on uh, on uh, Twitter, X, at uh, Pompeii on Sixers. That's how you follow him. And, of course, his work is uh, at theenquirer.com. So check him so,
4: out. But, hey, real quick, speaking of heart. So I told you I was going to reach out to try to find more about it over an hour ago. Yeah. So I'll reach out with somebody close to the team. And I said, Hey man, I said, Man, what's up with your boy Harden, man? What's he doing? Um, and I said, You need to get on top of this. And they text me back and they say, D gun, um, I'm away, I was away at a funeral. What are you talking about? Oh, so no. I sent him, I sent him to Oh, that he didn't even know this person, didn't even didn't know him. And oh, this my is God. the person, this is the person that's in the know about everything that goes Jeez. on. So he goes, What? He goes, I'm just now reading this message. Oh. He goes,
3: I'll get back to you later. Like <laughs> so I've heard back from him. Yet. Wow. Oh, can you imagine? Oh my God. Oh my but, but here's the thing, Derek, you had to know this was coming. If you're the Sixers organization, he wasn't going to play nice. He's never played nice anywhere. Even if, even if we look at it, you and I could sit here on the outside and say, it makes sense for him to be a good soldier, go in there and play well. Everybody sees that he's dedicated to this year, even in a tough spot. Let's make a trade. Let's get him. Blah 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 blah. Right? I'll give up more to get him.
5: His he attitude. doesn't
3: care when his pride attitude. gets in the way, and I think we're seeing, I think we're seeing pride with with James and pride with Daryl Morey now. I really do. I think it's if, both if, of them. If, if it's pride
4: on Morey's part, then his superiors need to tell him, "Hold up, check yourself at the front door." Agreed. This is out of control put aside your personal feelings and get this done any way, shape or form. James Harden told you back in July exactly what his stance was. Yep. Did the organization in any way, shape or form think that time heals all wounds as the old saying goes? This wound is constantly festering. There is no tourniquet. There is no stitches that can can sew this wound up. There is no modern medical technology that can put a bandage on this wound. This is an open sore. Oh, it's not going to heal unless you move this man. Yeah. This is You should have moved him a long time ago. But, see, James messed it up by taking a stance that he did because, as I said back in July and August, when he opened his mouth and said, I am emphatically not playing for this team, any potential suitor said, you know what, we have the Sixers right where we want them because yeah. we don't have to negotiate on fair ground with them. We have the upper hand. How bad do you want to move them? You're oh, exactly I'm sorry, right. this is all we got We got to offer for you. I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. No, nah, we can't do it. Do you really
3: want to move him? Take it or leave it. Yeah, you're right. You are right, sir. Uh, all right, so uh, a couple things. Uh, JT Real Muto has been named a finalist for the uh, Gold Glove, the Rawlings Gold Glove Award uh, at Catcher. So uh, well-deserved, you know, considering his defensive exploits. Also, Julio Jones meeting with the media, Derek, as we speak. Uh-huh. And uh Eagles fans will eat this up. He says he'll do whatever the team needs him to do, but also notes I'm here to dominate, don't get it twisted. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Good good for you. I like that mindset.
4: All right. Let's see you do it. Let's see you do it. We how I many times we see a lot of players talk the talk, and then once you walk the walk, you know, take baby steps. You know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe you can kill. I guarantee you one thing, if he starts becoming a primary target, I expect the cameras to in on the sideline again and catch certain people frustrated.
3: You know, that's the last thing you want. I agree with you. I agree with you. So uh I, I look, I I there's two things to pop up for me. One, if there was still a lot of gas left in the tank. Why wasn't he on a roster anywhere? Yeah, right? and, and and okay, exactly. maybe maybe teams just misjudged exactly. what happened last year. Okay, in Tampa, whatever. Uh, but and the other thing is, <clears throat> he might dress this week. Okay,
4: uh, well, you you can put in a few routes for him. That yep. might work. When you when you as a coaching staff sit down and you start sizing up the pluses and minuses of who you're about to face, you know you bring in a guy with the wealth of experience like a Julio. You can automatically have him run two or three different routes in a crash course. Remember, a lot of offenses are similar. It's just a different terminology. It doesn't take that long for them to pick it up the terminology. And they may make a mistake, like a false start somewhere along the line, but you can correct those in games. There might be some simple routes that he can run where he could possibly dominate. Now, I don't think if he catches the ball two or three times, that's considered domination. If he gets 10, 12, 15 catches for a buck 50 and helps his team win, oh, yeah, that's domination. Mm-hmm. You know, but – I can't see that out of the gate, not a game like this. This is a fast track game and, and I can't see them giving him more than simple plays um, to get himself acclimated. Now, next week you open up the playbook even more so, but uh, for this week, if he plays, which is interesting considering he's been sitting at home all this time and you might throw him in the mix right away.
3: Well, I, I mean, okay. Quez. So you have Quez right now on the IR. Yeah. If I'm Zacchaeus, I'm kind of saying like, hey yeah. what about me what about me give me a little chance here um but may- maybe maybe like a you know it's just a red zone package or something else you give Julio and he gets three snaps you know sure. give me something that's sure. simple. Yeah.
4: absolutely you know and I think he would be a big addition to the to help fixing their red red zone inconsistencies. big body sure-handed you know um runs a great route tree when he runs um I, I could definitely see him being that that additional red zone threat. But we won't know until Sunday night. And if it if it's not more fluid Sunday night, it's the same old questions we're talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, through Friday next week. What is wrong with this red zone offense? Right.
3: Uh, I know I'm going back, ping-ponging back and forth, but back to the Sixers. Joel Embiid said he's feeling better, and he plans to play in the preseason finale. Uh, okay. and said he didn't know why James Harden isn't there. Now, the reason I bring the last part of it up is something that you mentioned earlier, and we've talked about quite a bit. What's going to happen is, and I, and I, I, by the way, I agree with Keith. I think the better thing is for James Harden just to stay away than come here yeah. and just yeah. take out a flame torch. But the problem is, these guys are going to be asked about it, and it, it's going to get old. You know, especially you lose a game. Hey, would you have won if James Harden played? Hey, do you miss James Harden? You know what's going on? And these guys are like, dude, I'm just trying to, play i'm trying to win I'm, I'm i'm playing with the guys who are here that stuff gets old to a player it gets old to a coach yep. uh, after a while and this is part of what you're dealing with right now this is why this should have been taken care of before we got to this point derek i i, I just I, to me daryl Morey's done a very poor job since he's gotten here he hasn't made a difference he hasn't made a difference no with this team no since he's gotten here
0: no 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 no
4: sometimes you got to know what's that old song got to know when to hold them and when to fold yeah
3: yeah that's it that's it sometimes you got to punt man i mean honestly and if it means you're going to get a little bit less than you anticipated getting so be it you know i feel like we're at that point like it seems like maury is still dug in either is still dug in that i have to get this value and i'm not i'm not budging or i really hope james just sticks around and we can kind of play out the year with him like neither one seemed feasible
4: here to me. I think, I think it's more so, are we getting value on the dollar? I think it's more so that. But when you go back to all of the rumors we heard about them negotiating with, with Phoenix and the Clippers and Cleveland and how those teams bowed out real quick, it told me one thing, the Sixers are asking for way too much in return. And number two, there has to be some hesitancy in those teams' parts. Do we really want James Harden here based on his recent track history not just not just in, in Philadelphia, but getting out of Houston, getting out of Brooklyn, and now trying to get his way out of Philadelphia. Do we yeah. really need this here? Right. Because you look at all three of those teams, all three of those teams are playoff caliber teams.
3: It's true.
4: It's you, don't true. Want, you don't want somebody coming in and being disruptive because then that media and that fan base is coming down on you. It looks good. Hey, when James Harden was traded from Brooklyn here, man, people were applauding the Sixers left and right. Great move. We were among them. Great move. Get James Harden here. All of a sudden, it slowly deteriorated just like you did other places.
3: Uh, I'm awake. Are you? Well, Simmons did recently say he wants to come back. No. It ain't happening. Can we just, can we, can we, can we preemptively just nip that one? No, no. No, thank you. Okay. But I did get a kick. I said this to Tone yesterday. I got a kick out of what the the Nets social media people, uh, because he had like eight points against the Sixers in a preseason game. He's back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I believe it when I see it. You know. I believe it when I see it. Oh. But yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a it's a situation where the, the the Sixers have painted themselves into a corner, and now they can't move. Now you're just tra- you're just kind of looking around like, all right, I can't really do anything. Nobody wants them, and we want value back. Everybody knows we have to trade them. No one exactly. knows it's a mess. Exactly, and then man. Here, here you go, and we're and we're we're caught in this no man's land. All right, let's get a timeout here, D Gun, and we come back. We'll talk to our guy. The Brooksy, the pork chop, BCB, Barrett Brooks himself will be joining the program when we come back. We'll talk Eagles. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk about his new look. Uh, the whole nine. We'll do all those kind of things uh, when we come back. If we have time at the end, we will still do our traditional birthdays and movies. If we can get them in. If we don't, we don't. Uh, that's dark gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back with Barrett Brooks.
8: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We are big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
10: staffing is not easy but that's what we do every day all day the key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
11: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
5: Now helps kids in under resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now.
9: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
1: E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
3: All right, I haven't been able to say this in a very, very long time, but... We are joined by our guy, our buddy. I call him Skinny B. That's what I call him now, Barrett Brooks. Look at you, Damn. man!
14: You look good. What's going on? What's going on, man? Yeah, I had to shed a couple of lbs, man. I had to shed a couple of lbs. How's it going? Dude, Looking I'm good,
3: man. Yeah? You look great. We were we were flipping around. Uh, it was a pregame on Sunday, right? And Maggie and I are on the couch, and Maggie's like, "Whoa, look at Barrett!" He looks awesome. So you get you get the love from the from the female uh, demographic, uh, Barrett. She's she's digging the look, man.
14: Yeah, I lost ninety two, man. Ninety two, bro. So nice. you know, health is wealth, man. Health is definitely wealth.
4: Awesome. I told you stop eating white castles. Look what you, what would do for you. <laughs> I tried to tell you this.
14: I I hate to say you're right about that, but
3: oh 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 okay. <laughs> We've come a long way. Oh my god. All right.
14: Yes. A long way, man. I, I, I can't do the white castles anymore, man. It'll tear me up, bro. So yeah. <sighs> sad well, day. It was, it was a sad day when I ate the white castles. It was a sad day that my body said no, not no, but hell no. Oh,
3: so man. yeah, that's well. You know what though? You're 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 a better man for it, Barrett. And we miss you. Uh, first off, and thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, uh,
14: definitely.
3: Give me give me your. Th- let's start with the last game because Derek and I were obviously weren't too thrilled with the way it went down but you know whether it was the play calling letting a bad team hang around you know the way it, it kind of shook out and just that loss to the Jets what what's your best assessment of what happened
14: most disappointing thing is I saw a Jets team that wanted it more than we did they wanted to win they wanted to kick our tail and that's what they did they wanted to out physical us they weren't worried about winning or losing they just wanted to whip us physically they rallied around their uh their coach and 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 kissed everybody on our squad 11 times when they were on the field, <laughs> and that's what it was. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's sad to say that I I would have never thought that I would have you know say that about this Eagles team because this Eagles team is talented. You know, there's this is by far the most talented Eagles team I've seen in a while. It's just you know even tal- more talented than last year, but. They wanted it more than this Eagles team. So, I mean, nothing I can say about that. I mean, you know, kudos to their coach. Kudos to them going out there and imposing their will on us and, and making it happen. I mean, of course, there are things that, you know, we could have done better. I mean, Lane Johnson, once he left the game and went at anyways on the offensive side of the ball because we couldn't, um, we couldn't protect the quarterback. You know, say what you want to say. Once Lane went down, you've got to help your right tackle. And Driscoll just is not that good of a player to go one on one to try to run the same offense that you ran when he was when um when when Lane was there. That's the bottom line. That's what it is.
4: Barrett, I have said in a, in a number of ways the Eagles were lucky to be five and zero. When you look at some of the trends across the board that got them to five and zero, when you look at at least three of those games, certain plays could have decided the outcome uh, differently. And when you have certain trends that are consistent like that those could be prolonged problems down, down the road. And then we saw things even more exposed in this Jets game. I didn't think the Jets could hold this team from scoring a point in, in, in the last two-plus quarters. The turnovers, the inefficiency in the red zone. And the red zone in particular, I'm just shocked by this. What are you seeing in terms of their lack of execution in the red zone?
14: I think it's more so, you know, it's 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 play selection. has a lot to do with that. A lot to do with them trying to protect uh, Jalen Hurts and and not wanting him to run as much, you know. And I understand that. You know, you just can't open your full uh, book of plays because you want to protect your quarterback. So, you know, we're not running the same things we ran last year. We ran a lot of QB draws, QB powers, you know, things of that nature, in which we highlighted his skill set of being able to run. They're a little more hesitant to run those type of plays now because they understand it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. It's a long season. We got, you know, we got. Got a bunch of. So at this point, you don't want to get him beat up right now. But you expect some results. If you're not running some plays, that got some results the guy had last year. But also, um, you know, new new play callers, you know, new guys, you know, calling the plays. You know, say, if you want to say, Brian, he was here last year. They ran the office, but he wasn't the office coordinator. He wasn't calling plays every single play. So now you have a new guy who's learning, his player's learning what he does right, what he does wrong, and being more detailed on how he can use these weapons that he has effectively. I mean, it's hard. you know. We, I mean, we by far have the most talented team in the NFL. You know what I mean? As far as receivers, tight end, running back, quarterback, and offensive line. I mean, there's this by far, I don't think there's a more talented team, even more talented than the 49ers, even more talented than the Chiefs, even more talented than the Bills. You name it, we have a better team. But it's just about getting those things on the right page, getting those things going in the right direction. So I think that's the biggest thing in the red zone. We got to have better play selection, and and we can't continue to to, to keep um. We can't continue to keep doing Hurts with his hands tied behind the back. Let him be who he is. He can govern him that he doesn't uh he doesn't hurt himself. You know he'll get down as he, like he's been doing but you still got to run those plays in order to you know, keep these wins going because we're about to hit a gauntlet of, of great teams, and we got to be ready to play just as hard as them. Now, I know that we will not play down to the level of competition like we did this last game with the Jets. Now these guys will be ready to go. They're going to be ready to go against a Miami team, a Bills team, a, a Chiefs team, a 49ers. They'll be ready to rock and roll against Dallas, and that'll be the difference you know, in the effort you'll see going into these, uh, these next couple games.
3: Let me ask you about the defensive side. I don't mean the defensive line, which has been really good. I mean the the back end. Like, is this sustainable to hold up against those teams you're talking about with the talent level they have, inexperienced, banged up, et cetera? I mean, what? How do you think? What do you do here to overcome that? Do they make a move? What happens?
14: Gotta make a move, you know, because Blankenship is our best safety. And I mean, we're talking about a free agent safety that made the squad last year and is now starting for us. You know, not saying anything about like Reed is a smart player. He knows how to play this game. I love how he plays. You know, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us having a bona fide starting safety back there. We don't have that that big play guy. You know, we have a guy that's very consistent in blanket chip. Blanket chip plays the game we're the supposed to be played. He doesn't take any false steps. He makes his reads. He's he's, he's reactive. He gets guys in the right places. But we don't have that big-time guy back there that, you know, like a honey badger or somebody that can go make plays. We have a bunch of guys back there. And, and, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of guys back there, but you don't have the week-in, week-out guys playing there every single week. It's been musical chairs. I mean, last game, we had one starting DB on the field in the fourth quarter. Yep. And that was Brad. There were no other starters. We had all free agents starting for us. All free agents were out on the field with the exception of Bradbury. All mm-hmm. free agents. So it's tough, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to really go out there. And and I've got to take my hat off to the side. The side has put together a defense that's, you know, the Jets didn't do anything against us. We mm-hmm. held a right. running game, you know, we held a running game to under 100 yards. He did everything to stop me. And that's, that's a major reason why I was kind of disappointed also because if Jalen, Jalen shouldn't have thrown that pick. We know that was just a bad pass. Right. But I didn't have a problem with punting to them and having them try to take this team, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, 60 yards, 70 yards. I mean, they wouldn't be able to do that, you know, and, and Hassan Reddick was starting to heat up, too. And, you know, the big fella, Big Davis, was heating it up. They wouldn't have been able to score against us, you know. So I thought we'd have won that game, number one, if we wouldn't have missed that field goal, which blew me away, because then yep. we'd be up by five instead of two. And they had, you know, and you really think that they'd be able to drive down and, and score a touchdown on us? No. And Wilson, the receiver
4: was out also. It'd have been, the game would have been a wrap. It'd have been a wrap. Hey, Barrett, has Jalen Carter been everything we thought he would be and then some? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> he is a top five. You hear me? A top five
14: defensive tackle right now in the NFL. Top five, no question. His ability to go out there and play at the level he's playing. And we, mind you, you got to understand, he's playing like a veteran player. He understands what the offense offenses are trying to do to him. You know, he right, understands right. how to take on blocks, you know, double teams. He hits the post guy and then throws his butt in the way so he doesn't move, get moved by the guy that's supposed to displace him. He he, he knows how to play the game. And he's playing at such a high level that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just shocked that, you know, we got him in the pick number nine. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. He was seriously the best player in college last year. No question.
3: No question. And he is you, playing, better. Stay stay with his partner there. Uh, the the growth of Davis from year one to year two, man. I, I mean, you're seeing him effective in the pass game and the run game. He he is really taken his his game to that complete level.
14: He is playing like a monster. You can't move him if he doesn't want to be moved. He will not be moved. Uh, he's getting jumped, You know, he's getting he, penetration, not just on, on run plays, but on pass plays also. He is de people. He's throwing people around. This is what I envisioned Davis doing when we first drafted him. It took him a year to get here, but he is here now. Mm-hmm. There's no question, you know, that, you know, when you got those three guys in there, you're not running against us. You're not doing that. You're not moving us anywhere we don't want to be moved. And with the way he's playing, the way, um you know, that Carter's playing. And Fletcher Cox, you know, drinking that concoction he's drinking or whatever he's – the Fountain of Youth, whatever he's got going on, it's, it's going to be hard for you to really do things up front against this Eagles team. And then, you know, the linebacker position is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, You know, Morrow and, and, you know, and also Dean are playing well, which is yeah. really shocked. These guys are playing well. So this defense, once they get that secondary, you know, Lock down and stop playing musical chairs, you know, because injuries just just killing us right now. We could have a really special defense. Do you think Slay's lost a step? No, oh, they just they just can't use him the way they want to use them right now. Slay is just much, Slay comes to playing defense against. They hate him because he's so talented. He still got that step. They just haven't used him like they used him last year. He did, he, he travels every once in a while. With uh the best receiver. You know, usually they try to they can't really do that because you know Josh Job has been playing, you know, and 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 at this point he's not he's not ready to be a full-time starter. He can come in and spell you, but he's not a full-time starter right now. So it's it's really hard for them to run a defense that they want to run. It's really I mean, hard for them.
3: Barrett. What do you do? And I'm not gonna say stop. What do you do to contain this Miami offense, man? I, I mean with McDaniels drawing up to the cheetah. Uh, most are, I mean, they, they're running wild on everybody here. What do you do to slow this thing down?
14: Tough, because you got to think about this. You know, they already have a game plan against playing too deep. When you play too deep, you try to rally around. You know, what I'm saying, and and keep you know the cheater from getting behind you. But when you do that, they move him around so much in motion and line them up in a slot. They they don't get let you get an accurate beat on where he's going to be, which makes it hard to double team him or or, or bracket coverage him. So, I mean, I think the best thing they can do is play a matchup zone. It becomes your zone, latch onto them. So you can't play too high also because then they run the ball against you. And most just as fast as the cheetah. So it's really hard, you know, and I want to see how they're going to do that against Tua. I mean, do you light them up? You, you know, you send a blitz. They're going to have to blitz it and just hope that whoever ends up with the cheetah and Waddle, um, he's not open instantly so Tua can get him the ball. It's almost like you gotta play, you gotta play tight on them, but not let them run away from you. So it's gonna be hard, you know. But I I mean, as far as talented, you know, the guys up front gotta be a major, major difference. And and Davis, even when you're not getting there, you gotta use your size to knock balls down. Crush the pocket and knock balls down. You know, it's not necessarily t- um going in and tackling to her or sacking to her, it's more so getting your hands up and stopping those, those, um, those uh passing lanes and clog them passing lanes up so he can't see over or he can't just get the quick pass out to those weapons that he has.
4: Hey, what's your assessment of Brian Johnson so far as a play caller? He's learning.
14: That's all I'm going to say. He's learning. You know, I mean, he, I mean, he showed great sense of what he needed to do against the Minnesota Vikings where he said, all right, you, we're not going to pass it. We're going to run the ball. You're going to drop all these guys out. And I was shocked because we didn't do it against the Jets because that's what the Jets did. Yep. They dropped They dropped everybody and 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 told, all right, you beat us, Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? But instead, he didn't run the ball. And we're talking about a defense that's ranked 29th in the NFL. How do you not run against a defense? You know why? And I thought I told you it was a double-edged sword. Because they had four DBs that were out. Yep. And, oh, we're going to use our weapons against. We're going to pass the ball, pass the ball. And you totally didn't use our biggest strength, and that's our offensive line teeing off on them, especially with the starting right tackle not being there. Let's tee off on them. Let's hit them in the mouth, and let's play some run football. I mean, that we'd have won the game instantly then, you know, it, it, it wouldn't have been close because we're teeing off, we're going forward, and we wore them down, and it wouldn't have been close then, you know. So I, I just think that he, he he had a great call against Minnesota, but he dropped the ball against the Jets.
3: Yeah, and Barrett, you, you point out, we were talking about this earlier, like if you're Driscoll and you see that he's struggling in pass protection, man, exact- see what it looks like, at least with running it, you know, a little bit heavier. I'm sure, you know, you you guys much prefer run blocking than pass blocking. You're on the attack. I, it just didn't make any sense.
14: Bro, Rob, I'm going to say this. This is almost like me cussing. 14 <laughs> runs with a running back yep. in the game. That is a travesty. That's like cussing me out. Mm -hmm. We ran the ball 14 times. Yep. A running back against the Jets, which defense was ranked 29th on stopping the run. Mm -hmm. I almost threw up in my mouth, bro. (laughs) I can't believe that.
3: I can't believe it
14: either. Are you kidding me? me? Mm -hmm. I was so, man, my clothes weren't touching me nowhere. I was hot as fish grease, man.
3: 14 (laughs) times. I get mad. Thinking, I get mad thinking about it. Uh, I haven't got a hottest fish grease in a while. I needed it. Oh, it's it been a long time. It's been a long time. That's awesome. That's
14: ridiculous. Oh. We got we got a running back that that you know can easily get a hundred yards and swift. Mm-hmm. Easy. You know what I'm saying? I agree with I, you. I, I, I,
3: I, 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 yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, you know what it felt like the old Andy would lose his mind sometimes. Andy Reid run like crazy, get back to run, I mean, pass like crazy, get back to running it, and everything would straighten itself out. It had the same feel to it. It really did.
14: It absolutely did, you know, and and it didn't make any sense. And I'm surprised that the offensive line didn't go over there and cuss um, cuss him out. I mean, okay. t- yo, man, what's going on? Yo, hey, come on. I mean, Cal- just cussing about that the week before.
4: The week before. He was. And then you – drop the ball the next game. Hmm. A.B., they use Swift in a running a running, uh, 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 feature 28 times in one game. But I've said for a guy like that, you keep him running at 15, 18 range touches. And I don't necessarily mean just runs, but touches, period, because you look at the damage he can do once he gets in open space. I don't want to see them overuse him. Now, there's games that you're going to have to ride him, but I think if you can keep him right in there at 15, 18, 20 touch that's a perfect number for him and can still be very effective in his offense.
14: You're absolutely right. D gun. You're absolutely right. But i tell you what, this last game. Yeah. Didn't have to take a shower at all. Boston Scott shower at all. They didn't sweat because they didn't run the rock, bro. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. I mean, they didn't have to, they didn't even have to take a shower. They went, took their pads off and got straight into their street clothes because they did not run the ball. You know what I'm saying? They didn't even take a shower. All they did was brush their teeth and, and got on the bus. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nasty.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Barry, you're getting a lot of love from the friends in the chat. Uh, they love seeing you, my man. And, and we we love we love spending some time with you. It's awesome. And you, and by the way, you're crushing it, man. Uh, you're doing a great job on NBC Sports Always. Philadelphia. Uh, you know, and, and looking good. He's he's GQ. Uh, but you can check him out on on Twitter and X at B Brooks 72 nbcs so tell me everything you're involved in pre and post there. And what else you got other stuff going on as well.
14: First huddle from six to six 30 on NBC sports, Philadelphia. I do yeah. Eagles pre game show for, for NBC sports, Philadelphia, but I also do on the weekends. I do college football this weekend. I will be in Cincinnati. I got right.
3: that
14: game Saturday be on a 12, 12 o'clock central time. So. Okay. Yeah.
7: All
4: right. I had, to, yeah. I had to remind. I had to remind him who I was, Rob, when I talked to him this morning. I, you know, just to make sure he didn't <laughs> forget my name and stuff. See, I'm just oh, saying, what is that.
3: What do you call you, Daryl? Uh, I think he called you Daryl. Yeah. yeah. Darryl. Dennis, Dennis. Darryl. I
4: mean not Derek. Derek. I mean, what are you
14: talking about, man? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Brooksy, you're the best, man. It's it's good seeing Thank you man. as always, my friend. All right. Be good, Take, bro. Care. I'll- Take care, B. All right, brother. Said, uh, what's up? I, 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 I... Yeah, we we did we all the best, pal. We'll do. He he is a, a great human being, man. That's my guy, Barrett Brooks. Uh, always good, great insight. So I needed a fish grease reference. We hadn't had one in a while, D Gun. So we got one. We missed um, it. out We didn't get the out out. Yes. Uh all right. So let's uh let's do some birthdays. We do have time to do birthdays. We're all right. We'll start uh with Zach Efron, actor. Uh, Been in a ton of stuff. He is 36 years old. He's got a wrestling movie coming out next. He looks all jacked up in it. Uh, Jean Claude Van Van Damme is uh, 63 today. Is Jean Claude? Uh, Chuck Berry, the great guitarist, singer, uh, rocker. Oh God, I mean, so many with Chuck Berry. But he was born on this day, 1926. Lindsey Vaughn, the great skier uh is 39 years old today Don Wells Derek Don Wells Marianne yeah from Gilligan's Island Marianne and ginger we're we're, were the uh the two on the island there uh mm. Peter Boyle yep. Peter Boyle the actor good actor born on this day's Philadelphia guy born on this day 1935 Peter Boyle George C Scott very intense actor played Patton uh born on this day 1927. Uh, Aaron Moran, who played Joni in happy days, uh, passed away, unfortunately, but she was Mm -hmm. born on this day, 1960, uh, Neo, Neo is 44 years young today. Uh, Pam Dauber, who played Mindy and Mork and Mindy, uh, alongside Robin Williams, Martina Navratilova, the great, uh, tennis player is 67 years old today. Mike Ditka, Ditka, he is 84. Jeez, Dick is 84 today uh joe morton the actor is 76 years old today thomas the hitman hearns the motor city cobra d-gun he is 65 today
4: champion in five different weight classes
3: he was a bad bad man thomas hearns uh witten marcellus the great musician is 62 years old today the best trumpeters ever incredible whole family is 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 scary talented Mm. uh frida pinto the, uh, the actress is 39 years old today. Alex Cora, Alex Cora of the, uh, the Boston Red Sox, 48 years old uh, today. Terrence Mann, we talked about him earlier. He is still a clipper. Apparently mm. he is the, the, the eye of the apple, one of the apples of Darryl Morey's eyes, but he's still, uh, he's still a clipper. He's 27 today. Jonas Cespedes, the uh, old baseball player is 38 years yep. old today. Chuck Lorre, a uh, big time TV producer is 71 today. Guy Dave, you know very well, Derek. Forrest yep. Gregg. Forrest Greg is born uh, on this day 1933. Yes, indeed. Great Packer player and coach as well. That's all I have for birthdays. What else do you have?
4: Uh, let's see. Uh Howard Shore, composer, uh did hit hit the did all the hit scores for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um is 77. Uh Klaus Kins- Kinski. Kensky. Um, who born on this day in 1926? Wrath of God. Few, he was. He did 130 films in a 40 year career. Wow. Over 130. Wow. Uh, Bristol Palin, the daughter of Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a public speaker. She is 33 on this day. Uh, let's see here. Who else we got over here? We got uh, Willie Horton, the former Major League outfielder. Um, is 81 today. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, former NBA player Derek Coleman, 33 today. Uh, Rachel Nichols. Uh, ESPN and and, and other platforms. She is now, but yeah, yeah, she's formerly ESPN. Yep, yep. She's 50 today. Okay. Um, Arliss Howard, great actor, played full metal jacket, uh, The Last World Jurassic Park, 69. Former Virginia Tech football coach who was there from 87 to 2015. Frank Beamer, 77 on this day. Okay. And uh, Calvin Lockhart, who was an incredible actor, uh, was born on this day in 1934. He was in the movies Cotton comes to Harlem and let's do it again.
7: Okay.
3: All yeah. right, good good list. Good list there. Yep. Uh, of birthdays. All right, movies. Uh 2013 12 Years a Slave. Yep. Uh we got a couple great ones out of the shoot. Uh West Side Story was 1961. Yep, sir. Uh, phenomenal. Um and a couple that was uh, remade not all that long ago, uh, West Side Story. But anyway, uh land, 2019, Woody Harrelson and Crew. Uh The Ring. 2002 escape plan. Good movie. Hmm. 2013. It's really all that caught my eye from the movies. You had, you had other, uh,
4: yeah, the Car- the Carrie remake. I love the original movie. The Cari. original's great. Yeah. yeah. The remake was, came out in 2013. I think this was the second of the movie, which was a good movie called maleficent. Um, uh, this one was mistress of evil came out in 2019. Uh, the remake Rocky horror picture show. Let what let's do the time warp again, 2016. And 2014 Finders Keepers. Okay,
3: okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, so a couple things uh, on um, Julio Jones. Uh, he, he was asked – I don't know. It's hard to know exactly what the context is, but it seems like he was asked a lot of questions about how much do you have left in the tank. And he was basically like, let's revisit that question, but you guys will wait and see. So Julio's, Julio's not uh, short on any confidence. I, okay. I will tell you that. He's ready to well, roll. The question. The questions are valid. I mean mm-hmm. – you know, you've been
4: sitting out here all this long. You've been on four different teams in four years. You're 34, so I mean, it's, those are valid questions. You played nine, ten, and ten games the last three years. It's a valid question, yeah. uh, but you're right. I like to see. I would like to see his facial expression when he answered the question. Yeah. Was he offended by? it? Did he find it humorous? You know, along those lines. But I mean, those are, those are valid questions.
3: Well, they are, that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't, again, I'm not saying he was in any way, shape or form annoyed or whatever, but he shouldn't be if he was, because that's, it, it's real. I mean, you're 34 years old, you weren't right. with the team to start yeah. the season. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Asking that question. And, and so we'll see. And we'll see if he plays this week. Um, look, it's going to be a wild one Sunday night, Derek. And and as you said a little bit earlier, uh, you're hearing good things on, correct me if I'm wrong. You're hearing good things on Slay and Carter. Yep coming back still up in the air right now with Lane and Sydney Brown yeah 50 right? 50 on those two as we sit here today yeah. yeah certainly need them both man that's for sure but I I would I would think and we'll get more into this we have chris Franklin joining us tomorrow uh from nj.com but we'll get chris's take on all this but I would think I would think the game plan's got to be keep the ball away from from two in that offense and try right. to run the ball as much as possible but yeah too We'll see. So, Phillies off day today. They will travel to Arizona for three games there. Games three, four, and if necessary, five are all at Arizona. Ranger Suarez tomorrow. We'll dive more into that. We'll try and get somebody from out there uh, to talk about game, you know, to preview game three. That's a 5.07 start Eastern tomorrow. So, you get the earlier game uh, tomorrow. Uh, as far as the ALCS, th- that, they're back in action tonight. Uh, Texas is up 2 0 on Houston. I'll tell you, they, they lose that one. It's over. They, they lose that. Goodbye. That, that'll be a straight up sweep. If Houston loses this one. Tonight. I'm shocked. I thought yeah.
4: Houston was coming back to the world series, but Texas, man, I'm telling you all those moves
3: that they made Woo. this summer really paid off. Yeah, they are nasty. They, Texas is the real, real deal. All right. That'll do it for us. I want to thank our guy tone to shields tone. Excellent job okay. as always. Thanks tone. Thanks everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. Uh, everybody streaming everybody listening as well. Uh, Don't go anywhere because you have the national football show coming your way with Dan Cilio and Derek and I are back at the same time tomorrow. So everybody enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and we will see you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate it.